these are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's record? Because he's 24! Just smoke blunts and swig 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then for it, and we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We're just going absolutely bananas. All right, we now welcome on a very awesome guest. He is number four, the defenseman for our Washington Capitals, Brendan Dillon. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on? Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, appreciate it as always. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you. So I want to start with this. You know, you can confirm or deny this, but I'm around the rink a lot. I know a lot of the guys around the rink and got to talking. And apparently there's a rumor that you were a little nervous for the Chicklets interview. Oh, I was a little nervous to be. I mean, this the Chicklets <laughs> is the second second uh, most nervous I've been for a podcast. This one's the first. So oh, nice. It was uh, it was cool. I mean, I know I know Biz a little bit. Um, yeah, he spent some time in Vancouver uh, for the last couple of years, and even when he was still playing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you go into those, and and you know, you hear some of them. I, I listen to them week to week, and you know, sometimes they're just chirping the guy, and then sometimes they're a little laid back, and then uh, yeah. they were they were pretty good with me. I think they were just giving me the the rookie uh, rookie initiation. Don't go too hard on them. So it was all good. Yeah. yeah. I feel ones. like I feel like they don't go as hard like towards like active players. Like they try to like they don't want to get them in trouble. So like, yeah, but I feel when, like they uh, kind of have a history of uh, burying some guys by accident. Yeah, <laughs> once, yeah, yeah, yeah once you're retired you're though, in trouble. Yeah, once you're retired, then that's that's maybe I maybe I'll do my one and done, so I won't have to worry about uh, worry about <laughs> getting in trouble or anything after. So yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> love it, love it. So we'll talk a little off season first. I know it kind of came down cool. to both the Caps and your hometown team, the Canucks. I mean, very good team, young team, a lot of promise and uh, some former Caps on the team now, as we know. Yeah. Uh, curious to know kind of what the selling point was that made your mind up to stay here in D.C. And I don't know if you've really said this before in another interview, but like how close were you to maybe signing with Vancouver compared to staying in D.C. here? <laughs> to, be, to be honest, like Vancouver, Vancouver was in the mix. Um, yeah. But there was, there, was, there was a couple other teams that I think were a little closer than, than Vancouver was to be in kind of the – I guess number two on the list, but gotcha. from from the moment I got to Washington and got to to meet the guys and play for the team and kind of check out the atmosphere and the fan base and just the setup around the DMV, um, just just a really cool area and something that I wasn't super familiar with being on the East Coast. Like I, you know, I grew up on the West. I played in California for six years, so I mean, I was a West Coast guy, and um, so kind of coming out here and um it was just I didn't know anybody on the team didn't know you know even from workouts or something this summer where you know you'll maybe say hi to a guy genuinely didn't know anyone so um you know in free agency too this summer everything was a bit of a gong show um I'm sure you can see with some of the contracts that guys signed or how late guys held out and it's just a a weird time obviously around the world but in in professional sports too so uh when when it kind of came down to it and it was a little frustrating with how the playoffs went for us. We, we definitely had some, some higher expectations. And I think that's just the culture that, you know, Ovi and, and Backy and these guys have kind of created in Washington over their, their tenures. And um, I think just being, being able to be a part of that and having that as an option, that just seemed to be number one, if it was available and um, right from, you know, my kind of exit meetings with Mac and, um, you know, talking with the guys and, and just how frustrated everyone was with last year and then how it ended. Um, I was just like, man, I think feel like we got something to prove still. And, um, you know, here we are this year, obviously sitting in a good spot and, 
you don't want to think about what ifs, but um, here we are 30 games in the season, um, you know, first place in our division um, teams rolling, coaching staff's been awesome. Uh, the, the boys are still having a lot of fun and um, you know, been, been having some, some, some good, uh, good relationships with the boys on the ice as well. So it's been great. So uh, going back to you coming to Washington for the first time, is there like anyone in particular who really made you feel comfortable? Like when you first got here, like people who reached out to you right away after the trade or anything? There was, there is quite a few of the guys. I mean, um, the, the, honestly, at least 10 or 15 of the guys texted me, just welcoming me. Um, I think when I, once I got here playing with John, you know, he really kind of helped me settle in on the back end, just from system side and the hockey side, I think. You know, I really bonded with Willie. He's uh, there's there's only a couple of us Canadians uh, on the squad. There's only three last year, and then Schultz kind of took hold of spot as the number three yeah. uh, Canadian on the team. So we're keeping our three three guy quota. Um, but it was just uh, <laughs> it was it was cool because yeah. he was kind of just showing me, and he's been here for what eight or nine years now. And, and I, you know, I feel like Willie's the mayor of mayor of the mayor of Arlington. So everywhere he's right. at, uh, <laughs> you're you're in good hands when you're around. So whether it was restaurants or spots to go, um, you know, he definitely made me jumping straight to the rooftop at Don Tito's if you need be. Yeah, yeah, Clarendon. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it's it's been unfortunate. We haven't been able to really yeah. experience too much or get the dance shoes on with uh, with COVID going. So, um, yeah, it's been. I guess it's been good. We can just focus on hockey, but um, once things open up, it'll be nice to nice to get around town and, and check things out. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, focusing on hockey, uh, and you mentioned the playoffs uh, earlier. How uh, you guys were kind of disappointed. Do you guys think you will work too hard on the uh, pregame handshakes before instead of focusing <laughs> on the game or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's something where I think we, we've got a good mindset of it where, where we, we have a lot of fun in the locker room, the guys, uh, we've got a lot of different, obviously yeah, background. Christ, you, you gotta have 23 different handshakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just say I got dressed about five to five to seven minutes earlier to make sure before you're going out <laughs> for periods and, and for warm up. So, but it's, I think it's something where it doesn't matter if you're the number seven D man or your OV or your fourth line mm -hmm. guy. I mean, everyone feels a part of things. And um, I think that's, uh, that's what kind of makes us uh, such caps. a tight knit group and yeah. makes us the caps. And um, you know, who knows if I, if I signed with another team and I came in looking for some handshakes, it wouldn't have been the same. And uh, <laughs> so there's another, another big reason just to have some fun with the fellas every day. All right. So speaking of non-hockey related things, uh, this is a personal history between you and me that I'm not sure you know exists. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> I wrote an article in the off season about uh, how the Capitals needed to re-sign you. You yeah. obviously liked what you saw. You shot me the follow. Yeah. First NHL player followed me. So obviously I think there's a pretty solid relationship there. there I don't go. hear back oh. from you until I DM you. So I just want to know yeah. what role I played in getting you re-signed and just your side of the story. Well, I, I told my agent to only take two percent, so I owe you one percent. Uh, nice, one percent there, Benny. So yeah, that, so that's um, you know I think Mac maybe saw that roll up on through his Twitter feed or something, and then went to Ted and the ownership group and was like, "Hey, I mean Ben Little knows where it's at. He this knows. guys know what he's talking about, dude. Exactly. Yeah, one exactly. percent of that ticket is enough to finish you through college, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> there, you there, go. You go. there you go. There you go. So yeah. Love it. So we'll talk some season. Like you said, now the guys are rolling. You're in first place in the division. Kind of took a little bit to get going, obviously. Brand new coach, brand new system. Uh, do you guys feel like you're completely, 
I don't want to say bought in because you're obviously bought in from the beginning, but you, you're all kind of on the same page now in terms of you've learned that system, you know how it works and, and how long did it take to kind of get everybody uh, going under that system and whatnot? Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely took a little bit of an adjustment period. I mean, even for guys that have been here, you know, the, the OVs and the OSHAs and these guys have been here for a long time. Um, when you get a new coach and there's going to be tweaks and as similar as the you know, styles are, a lot of the teams play, play pretty similar. There, there's still the little subtle differences that um, all it takes is one guy to not be on the same page on the ice. And, um, you know, the next thing you know, it's in the back of your net. So yeah. I think um, for the first kind of five to 10 games, we were, we were winning hockey games. And I think we we're kind of getting by a little bit more on the skill and the talent that we have because our, our roster, it's, it's ridiculous, to be honest, the, the, the yeah. amount of talent we have. But um, I think that kind of we lost, I think, three or four in a row once we went on that heater at the beginning of the year. And just kind of showed us like, Hey guys, if, if, if we're going to, if we're going to do this thing, we're going to have to, you know, change and then buy in completely. And and it's when we focus on the defensive side of things, which is what Lavi preaches with us. And it's, it kind of sounds routine and cliche. Hey, you know, defend hard yeah. leads the offense. It's pretty black and white for us when we, when we do do that. And, you know, then you can get into the offensive zone and let you know, the koozies and the, you know, the, the super high end talent guys go to work. It's, it's just fun to watch. So um, I think we've, we've realized, Hey, when we, you know, we're in games or we're, we're winning and you know, this last streak we had here, whatever it was 11 or 12 and one or two or whatever, I think we were playing better hockey, but we still even internally felt we've got another gear. And, and that's the, that's the exciting part is we know we still haven't played a full 60 minutes or had, you know, the offense and defense clicking, which, um, you know, we've got, what is it, 25 or 26 games left to go. So yeah. hopefully we can just uh, just keep it rolling. I think uh, one of the biggest question marks going into the season for the Caps was uh, the goaltending. We didn't, like, no one really knew what was happening. I guess the plan A was, like, obviously Sammy would kind of take over. Uh, Lundquist was obviously going to mentor him and fight for a starting spot, too. And then all of that happens. Vanacek comes in Sammy has COVID like it just was a whirlwind and like we're, we're like oh shit like what's what's going to happen here so just yeah. I guess comment on how like how well they've, they've done like kind of like regrouping here like midway through the season here I think I think a lot of the I think the Caps organization deserves uh, some sort of medal for the things we've had to deal with here to start the year between yeah. COVID and you know Lundqvist Hank going through his issues and then the staff managing just there was a lot going on, schedule changes, and I know every team's going through it, but, um, you know, some of these teams that have had guys get shut down, like, you know, Boston has three or four guys test positive, and so they've got a couple games. I mean, we had to keep playing. We had to yep. managing, like, like the cap with, you know, we're playing with 11 forwards on certain nights just because, you know, we do have guys out. And, and I think it was uh, for the goaltending specifically, that seemed like you said to be a bit of a question mark for us. Okay. Do you have anybody proven um, Sammy's, you know, a high end goalie, but he hasn't played a full year of, you know, being the guy and, and VTech obviously got his first taste of, of kind of NHL and in, in the bubble. So um, I think for, for where our team's at and we knew the importance of defending for those guys to give them, you know, not to just uh, throw them right into the fire with, with nothing. And right. um, they both played great. And, uh, Sammy, of course, going through a COVID. I mean, he's still, still said he feels some, some effects of it the odd time and, um, you know, for your lungs and, and especially playing in the NHL, he, you need every little bit of, uh, 
of the physical side of things to be be clicking for yourself. So um, both of them have been playing great. And uh, again, you know, it's kind of up to Lavi who have been kind of going back and forth and um, to be able to have two goalies that for us as, as the boys, we, we feel confident in both of them. It's, it's not like, Oh shoot, you know, Sammy's going in or Vitek's going in. We've got to, yeah. they, they both give us a chance to win every night. And um, they're young guys too. So they're just having a blast. They always got smiles yeah. on their faces around the rink, which, uh, which makes it even better. Yeah, I mean, we have like a million back-to-backs, co- or you guys have a million back-to-backs coming up, so they're both going to be playing, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, like, that's why the schedule, the schedule guy. This will be our third back-to-back, and we got like four days or five days with no games. It's like that's kind of nice, though. Right now, I get these four or five days off, kind of take a little. It bit is, of a break. it is nice. I mean, but I, you know, instead of having the back-to-backs, I'm, I'm sure if you talk to a lot of the guys, we'd rather yeah. mix one of those in this week. And but yeah. the, the weather, how it's been the last couple of days, there's there's no complaints for for a few days off, so I like it. Nice. Uh, speaking with the weirdness going on this season, what's it like playing just the same opponents every night? Obviously, with the Boston series, frustrations kind of yeah. boiled over a little bit there. So, as fans, yeah. we love it. Yeah, no, I mean, as as players, we love it. I think, well, for me personally, in my game, like I love the playoff type of games, and I think yeah. our team, you know, we're we're kind of built where we can play that the speed game, we can play the skilled game, we can play the defensive physical game, and. Um, I think that's what's exciting to to be a part of is, is it doesn't matter what what you know team we, we're playing on any given night, but um, when you're playing the seven same teams and it's like okay oh yeah. sweet here we go for the seventh time we're playing the Islanders or you know sixth time we're playing the Devils um, it's you know it's a little annoying but you know we're we're all going through the same thing I mean we're pretty fortunate to to have all the teams be somewhat geographically close I mean you look at the Canadian division and from Montreal to Vancouver we're talking about a three-hour time change and a five or six-hour flight so um, yeah. you know that's that's obviously not fun to have to do a couple times in a year and be an inner division game um, but I think the the whole kind of baseball setup where you go to a city and you play a couple couple games there, you can actually actually unpack your suitcase a little bit for a few yeah. days instead of just, you know, coming in and getting used to the bed and then you're on your way out. Right. So kind of set up um, shop definitely. a little bit. Yeah. But I think I think, you know, to to have a little bit of a rivalry and, and sometimes, you know, things such as the, the the Boston game, you know, there's something happens in the first game and then you're playing them two nights later it's uh yeah, yeah. it's fun and, and it makes the, the games that's much more important i mean when you're in a normal schedule division games are four point games and now we got that for 56 times so um it's uh, kind of got a playoff atmosphere feel even though we don't have the fans even though we don't have some of the normal things but um definitely definitely been cool yeah i thought i thought you were gonna drop some gloves uh and against Boston on that second game, but Wilson just did all the fighting for you guys, huh? I was gonna say, well, we, we got those guys what four four more times or five oh, so more times, so it'll probably happen later. Time, yeah. Uh, it'll be a lot you, of fun. Yeah. You packing the PS like half the guys on the team? I'm the an Xbox, Xbox guy. Xbox. You, so you packing yeah. and playing too, Warzone big Xbox guy. Yeah, I got. Well, I, I bought mine going into the bubble, so I uh, oh, yeah, I, I wasn't yeah. a big gamer before. And then um, I got for the bubble and pretty much all the fellas had that and, and were playing. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll, uh, I'll get into the mix. And then now call of duty has obviously been a big part, big part yep. of the caps is uh, um, yeah. road, road trips. And then um, I didn't realize, but you know, guys that have PlayStation or they even have their, their gaming kind of laptops, we can all play together. So it's been great. Yeah. So kind of going back to some systems here, and we've talked about it on Twitter a bit, this Laviolette defensive system where it gets, kind of pretty aggressive for you guys in terms of uh on the defensive side where it's like 
where the off wing can come in, pinch, keep the boards. And it's all, I mean, the whole main point of it is to obviously extend time in the offensive zone. How, how different is that compared to, you know, even Reardon system last year or your time in San Jose? And is it kind of <clears throat> maybe one of your favorite systems to play in so far, being able to activate so much and like just half the time, you're, damn, you're down there behind the goal, the goal, almost yeah. on the goal line, you know, working the puck in a cycle. Yeah. Well, I think for, for the kind of makeup of our team, like, like for me personally, I, I love that I get to skate more and I love that I get to kind of, kind of join right. and be a part of the, the play. And I think for, for all of our demon, I mean, Orly's got great offensive, you know, John's obviously Johnny Carlson and I'm um, Schultz too. I think for, for everyone, it's really, really I helped mean, us. And Nick Jensen's been breaking out like crazy now. Jens, Jens has been getting on the score sheet. And, and I think when, when you look at our team, um, you know, we're a bigger team, but, but a lot of us can move. And, and that's something where when you talk about the offensive zone, you talk about being aggressive, um, there's going to be mistakes, you know, forwards or defense, whatever it might happen. Um, but, but we're able to get back and cover for each other. And I think that was a big part of what, what Lavi has is, is, you know, layers to it. So um, you can be aggressive. We, we want to try and keep, you know, the best defense is another cliche, but, but playing in the offensive zone. So if yeah. we can get down there, get some zone time, um, the, the coaching staffs that I've had in the past, you know, sometimes if you, you have your, you know, you, you take your foot off the gas per se, um, or sit back as it's usually when you're in trouble, when you're trying to be safe and, and Lavi's even encouraged us when the empty net, um, you know, doubter had that one, um, in Philly a couple nights ago where a lot of times it's like, Hey, you know, maybe just eat it, maybe just try to kill some time. But, you know, he, he has confidence in us defensively where, you know, it takes some chances. Um, you can almost kill the game per se. Um, and so knock on wood, we'll, we'll hopefully yeah. can keep that rolling. And, um, you know, the system's obviously been working well for us. Yeah. I'm about to say it's showing up for you too, eight points already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I was hoping for a couple more second assist passing over to Johnny. <laughs> go, so right. when he gets, uh, when he gets going, um, even more so, um, tell him to start shooting more up. so you can get that primary. <laughs> yeah. The power play has been so hot though. It's like, Hey, let's just try and draw a few penalties and get, get those guys out there. Get them yeah. gas so you can get some time on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been trying to get on the power play for my last nine years in the league. So I don't know. It's coaches, you know. The other thing is that we have coming up is or not not really an issue, but Wilson gets off a seven game suspension. Sprong's playing so well. We like at this point we have too many players like playing too well. Like have like it's gotta Good be impossible to for him to make to make a decision on who to scratch or who to not scratch. It's hey, that's that's why I'm just happy I'm a player, you know. I don't have to make yeah, those right? decisions. So yeah. Um, I think it's if, if you want to if you want to have I'm sure for a coach it's, these are the good decisions where everyone's playing so well you don't know who to scratch and I think even on the back end you look at our makeup and you know between Jonas and uh, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk yeah. these are two quality quality defensemen that on other teams might be like a four or five or you know yeah. and, and it's just it sucks, but those are the things when you're part of such a such a good quality team is, is you've got that depth. And like you said, Spronger's scratch for a bunch of games comes in and he's lighting up, lighting it up. And um, now we get Willie back. And once we get Lars back, um, like you said, there's going to be some tough decisions. But, um, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate side of things. Deep, deep-ass team. Oh, Ready yeah. for a cup run for sure. That'd be nice, man. I've, I've, been, I've been close, but no cigars. So <laughs> I wouldn't mind uh, getting back in the mix. For you sure, go. for sure. What you got, Ben? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, obviously, Carlson last year had a monster season. He was, like, setting records. He was the runner-up for the Norris. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering what it's like playing with him and how you get, how you feel about being paired up with him and what the team yeah. sees in you guys, keeping you guys together. Yeah, well, 
can't can't really say enough good things about Johnny. He's uh, I mean, I think he's like fourth all time in assists for the Caps now, and pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, is that good? Um, <laughs> I think he uh, had his 500th point the other night too, earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's just a guy who who makes everything seem so easy. You know, he's just so so skilled. It's, it's got such a great stick and. I think it's kind of underrated, but he's a, he's a big man. You know, he's, we're talking six two six three two twenty, And, you know, when he's moving guys in front of the net and in the D zone, um, he's not easy to play against. And I think everyone sees his offense. I mean, playing against that power play, you know, the, the quarterback position up top is so important and um, he just settles things down um, kind of calms, calms things. And um, I think as a, as a partner, I mean, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to give him the puck, just trying to be, you know, kind of, kind of the safety valve back there and, and let him use his offensive creativity. But I think, again, I think I mentioned earlier from, from day one, when I got here, um, he's been in the BMV for what, how many years now? 10, 11 years. He's uh, he's been a long time capital and um, he's a big part of our team. So I think when, you know, whether it's systems questions or just in the room, he's, he's a pretty funny guy when you get to know him away from the rink, you know, he's uh, a big Brady guy. Um, you know, loves his football. He's pretty connected when it comes to what's going on with, with other sports. And um, I think when it comes to our pair, the coaches have just kind of said, you know, I, I like to be more physical and, and, and can skate to keep up with him. And, and I think for him, he's just a guy who, who can, can be positive in all, all situations. So, um, you know, the way the year started, we, we knew, you know, there'd probably be some injuries or some changes. And I started the year with Schultz and uh, that was great. And him and him and Orly were together. And then um, just kind of how it shaked out. I think the last probably 15, 20 games we've been together and um, team's been winning and personally I've been having some success and as a C. So um, just to kind of continue down that, that road for the next 20, 25 games and hopefully four rounds of playoffs. So it'd be nice. Yeah, he used to put on a pretty kick-ass bocce ball tournament at his house every summer too. When things oh, yeah. go back to normal, you have to tell him to get back on it. All right, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, there's so many things. I feel like I've got a laundry list of things I've got to check out. You know, do the morning. Right. Got to check out this guy's house. And even we'll, when we're we'll back get, here, we're not yeah. allowed to, so. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that at the end, but we're, we're, we're pretty much claiming the rights on Dilly Does DC since you were so well in business. He does DC, so we're, <laughs> we're claiming the content rights on that. We'll just follow you around. We'll just tap around the DMV here. Perfect. Just bring, um, bring, bring around the, the camera crew and tell me where yeah. to go and what to check oh, yeah. the, the do's yeah, and don'ts. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Perfect. Mix in, mix in a couple of drinks along the way, make it interesting, but you know. It makes it more fun. Be. Why not? Yeah, yeah after. <laughs> so, uh, when was your, uh, like, kind of, oh shit, I'm in the NHL moment, like early in your career? Yeah, uh, I kind of joked. I joked around with Osh about it, but my first game um, was against St. Louis when I was with the Dallas Stars still. And uh, there's a play where I came around the net. And David Backus absolutely oh god crushed me like it like <laughs> all two thirty or two forty of them I swear just put me through the wall and Osh was on the ice and I I feel like he was laughing he had to he claims he doesn't really remember but he probably you know, was yeah he probably was and I just remember getting back to the bench and you know I'd played in the American League against some men you know guys that were putting food on the table for their families and which is it's just such a different mindset you know that the man's strength as they say when you're younger and playing juniors you know you go from kind of the 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 big dog at, at age 20 where you're playing against these 16 year olds to all of a sudden 21 and you're playing against these these men and yeah um i remember my first nhl game i was just so nervous to do anything and then on top of that you get crushed your first or second shift i got back to the bench and was like 
this is this is crazy like i don't I'm know how i'm gonna survive and here i was at <laughs> six four 200 pounds and i'm like i'm like geez these guys are tossing me around like nothing but there's there's so many moments even even still i mean i i think i think when you you know you pull into a city and you're getting booed as you're going out onto the ice or um you know you're walking around this is obviously pre-covid and you know going for dinner and people recognize it and they're like oh you know you guys suck hopefully you lose tomorrow you're like hey sweet you know i can't wait to meet you guys and you guys will be you know you won't be too happy with us it's just just little things where when you're when you're not just playing you, you know you're playing for a city you're playing for for something bigger than than that i think that's that's the cool part of being in the nhl and um obviously getting to play with guys like ov and joe thornton and brennan morrow jamie ben i mean my uh you know, yeah, he plays with some legends absolute legends there yeah i've been so yeah. lucky it's it's ridiculous but yeah, what can I say? You, you mentioned um, cities like booing you and like like just making fun of you off the ice. Which what is the worst city? Philly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a battery thrown out of him yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with being, we we actually played Pittsburgh in six, 2016 in the finals, and and that was yeah like two days in between games, so we were in Pittsburgh a little bit more, and then coming to Washington and and the rivalry yeah. had with Pitt. I feel like every time we're there, it's just like. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. So, Morgan wants to be, you know, you, get, you did absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, kind of yeah. sticking so, on. So I'd, I say, mean, I'd say Pittsburgh's got to be one. Yeah. Talking uh, about fans, I mean, this, this obviously has been kind of crazy, but things are kind of getting back to normal. You're starting to see fans slowly work their way back into arenas. I mean, unfortunately, it looks like, you know, the Caps and DC are going to be the last to do it. But how much, is, how much of a difference has that made? Even if it's like 5,000 fans, 2,500 fans at some of these arenas. I mean, you guys had Philly's very first game with fans in it, uh, yeah. obviously beat them. But I mean, what's the difference been like? And, is, and before that, was it tough almost to kind of generate your own momentum throughout a game? Yeah, it was, I'll be honest, the, the Philly game was, even though it was only 3,000 fans, it was, it'd been over over 12 months since we'd had fans in a game, you know? And um, the bubble when we got there, <laughs> That was the most bizarre, you know, we, yeah. we were lucky enough to have like four games that are the three games of the kind of like pre pre playoff, whatever it was. And I just remember being like, this is, this is not NHL hockey, especially playoff hockey. I mean, the atmospheres you get to go into um, and in playoffs are just, it's so, so much fun and, and just a different, you know, it's another level, you know, you go to a preseason NHL game, then you go to a regular season and the step up. And then from there to playoffs, it's just, you, you can't really describe it unless you're, you're in there. And, um, you know, getting some fans in there and they're so far away that you know you can't really can't really hear them as much. But I think for us, like you said, I think DC is unfortunately um, probably going to be one of the latter latter areas to, to start to get sports back or I guess fans back for sports. Um, you know, I think between us and the Wizards, they yeah. were, you know, I think in the States, there's only what, six or seven left NHL teams, California, us and maybe a few others. But and they're making us buy season tickets if we want guaranteed tickets to home games. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to buy full season next year to get a single game ticket for this season. I'm, I'm gonna find my way around it. Don't worry. I go to all the games. But apparently, apparently, Buffalo, it. Buffalo is trying to give away like 2,000 seats and they can't do it. So if you want a couple well, of those, not surprised. <laughs> Shocking. I think we got another one or two games there, so maybe you can can you get in there? Uh, speaking there. speaking of momentum, uh, you made a pretty impressive uh, debut, or not debut, but one of your first games with the Caps when you sort of beat the wheels off of Giddy Malkin. <laughs> And uh, the Caps fans are pretty behind you from that moment on. Did you know that the fans loved it right away? Like, did you hear about it? Or did you even know that we were going bananas for that? Oh, you definitely uh, had to know. I mean, yeah, you had to, but. You could, you could tell, I think, I mean, 
I think it was four home games or something I've I played before before the shutdown. And every one of them, you're just I mean, in warm ups, you're skating around like this is this is unreal. This is so cool. Cap one's buzzing, and then those games against Pittsburgh, like we talked about earlier, like like those are just again another level. They mean so much. Um, you got the Sid Ovi thing. You got the the playoffs for however many years it seemed, and um, the Stanley Cups between the the two teams. Now it's just it's just fun to play in those ones. And and I mean, I didn't even realize it was, it was Malkin at first, you know, I saw someone jab the goalie and then I'm like, all right, well, you know, you kind of, you know, dilly switch. That. <laughs> and, um, yeah. The next thing I knew, you know, bunches were flying and I mean, he's such a good player and he's, he's a big human too. Old, old Gino Malkin. He's about six, yeah. four, six, five. So he can handle himself pretty well, but um, yeah, it's just, I think that kind of <laughs> it was it was it was nice to get get right into the mix when it comes to uh, to the Wash and Pittsburgh rivalry, um, and, I, and I'm sure it won't be the last uh, the last time with those guys. Yeah, I was gonna say you kind of like it was it's probably good for you to like to as one of your first games with the Caps, not the first one, but to be playing like a up up tempo rivalry game like that. And that was I think that was a yeah. uh, did, did we end up winning that game like five three or something like that? I, yeah. yeah, I think I know we won. those games. We we won both the Pittsburgh. We won the Pittsburgh one in in Wash and the Pittsburgh one in Pittsburgh. And those were like, I mean, they were like a point or something behind us or a couple points behind us. So yeah, it was kind of a big turning points. point in that season. So I'm, that sure. was that was definitely one of the because I remember I remember kind of the downslope. I mean, last season towards the end of that season, I don't know what it was, but there was just a downslope. And then those two games, you were like, all right, they're back. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you don't, it's almost like you don't want to wake the boys up, you know, like if yeah, you yeah. start to get physical and it's like the other night when the Lindy. Rangers, uh, Lind Lindgren hits, uh, hits yep. all the guys got two tucks and we win. It's like, you don't, I don't know. Don't poke the bear. Russian two bear, crazy yeah. tucks too. Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. What's well, his new office. And from what he says, it's gotta so. be. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, that's the easiest place to score a goal, so it should be, I guess. Yeah. That's what they that's what they tell us. I mean, I might might have to leave the blue line and go to that, yeah. that the other blue paint just to try and activate a little a bit. Couple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask about the uh, 2016 Sharks team went to the Cup Finals. Uh, what was so special about that Sharks group over the other other ones? I mean, you guys had so many yeah. good teams, so many good playoff runs. Uh, do you think? And in the end, do you think you learn anything about what it takes to win the Cup? And maybe why you guys kind of like fell short that season or yeah i uh, again the, the the group we had there as you kind of mentioned from from pavelski to thornton the marlowe burns um not only are these guys all high high-end players but they're they're just good people they're good teammates they work their bag off and practice every day and there's you know there's uh, there's a reason why they're so good and have been so good for so long and yep. i think it was uh that the, the kind of not the cloud that was following San Jose for all those years where they would be unbelievable in regular season and then lose first round LA or they'd, you know, get so close and then lose to this team. And I mean, and it was I think, the same as the caps yeah. for that long. Yeah. And, and kind of similar when it, when it comes to, you know, so such high end talent, great rosters, and then they just, you know, can't, can't get past the, you know, whatever team. And um, I remember the coaching staff that came in that year, they really just said, Hey, like, like let's kind of have this, this, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it cloud let's get this thing the fuck out of here really and yeah yeah <laughs> i think at the end of the day um for those guys that had been there for so many years from vlasic to to like like jumbo had been there for like 10 plus years patty marlowe is on year 16 or 17 you're like okay um let, let's do this thing and, and they brought in some great great other people i remember at the, the deadline we brought in like nick spalling and roman polak who were just you know great depth ads who yep 
we were already deep and we were already playing so well, but it just kind of added. And um, you, you just realize how hard it is to win. And, and I'm sure Ovi and, and the guys here can tell you the same thing that for, for so long and you need, you need some, a little bit of luck when it comes to, to having some injuries and um, it, it takes a little bit of luck in matchups. I mean, if you talk to the Leafs, you know, the fact they've had to play the Bruins for however many years, yeah. you know, if they played any other team, they'd have a cup parade to buy now. And, yep. um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, there's so many different things that have to happen. And, and I think like you talked about earlier, you know, you can have a team that's a speed team, a super offensive, you can have a super physical that just wears you down. You can have kind of a, um, you know, a team that's just trying to, to run or run you over every game. And there's so many different, different makeups that you have to be able to get past and um, staying healthy and, you know, the travel. Um, I remember that was one thing where Pittsburgh was in the Eastern time zone for the whole, you know, four rounds and we had played Nashville um, in the seven game series. And then we had St. Louis in the seven game. And, you know, it's, you don't ever want to have excuses or this or that, but um there's just again it's it's so hard to win the stanley cup that that when you do and um you're able to look back it's 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 got to be one of the best feelings ever and you know hopefully i can hopefully i can do that yeah for so sure. now you're sorry sorry <laughs> now yeah, you're yeah. in your second year in dc kind of kind of second year yeah um what's it like being in the room and on the ice with Ovi, like having him as a captain because like obviously you've played with jumbo and like yeah. so do the two compare in any ways or are they so separate or so different from each other yeah, I think they've got some similarities. They've also got, you know, some, some big differences where, where, you know, Ovi, Ovi talks in the room and then when he talks, guys listen, but he's, he's definitely a, a go out there and, you know, lead by example. I mean, he, when he's playing physical, when he's, you know, he's, he's shooting the puck, I mean, there's, there's nobody better. And um, I think for Jumbo, he, he's a guy who was a captain in Boston and then came and was a captain in San Jose and, um, you know, he, he's a guy who, who is very vocal and, um, you know, would love to joke around too, like Ovi does, you know, and I think those guys, the reason you can have such success is, is every day they're still having a blast. I mean, Jumbo was the guy where it'd be Christmas day and he'd come in with his kids and tape his hockey stick for, you know, a week from now. And, you know, he just uh, loved to be in there, loved to be around the guys. And, and I think Ovi's the same way where, you know, he's still working on his one timers after practice, he's still doing his thing. And um, it, it's pretty cool to see, see the work ethic those guys have and then continue to have and um, why they both had such success. So, um, you know, I, I want Jumbo to, to hopefully be able to win a Stanley cup, maybe not this year because uh, I got to win one first, but um, right. you know, I think for, for, for the crew that we got here in, in Washington, the leadership group, I mean, I, I think that's something where, where Ovi obviously leads, but, but Backstrom is, you know, such a good leader to Johnny Osh. Um, you just look up and down the, the the roster, and we just got such a good group of guys. It, it makes it that much better, more more better when or <laughs> speak some English here. Makes it that much better when we when we win. So AB is a big more better guy. Don't worry, he's yeah. he's all the more the more better train. <laughs> Way more. There better. you go. Way more better. So uh, obviously you've uh, taken a taken a role of defending these guys that you've just been listing, and it seems like we've got a few guys who like to step for step up for them. We're obviously big fans of you doing it. So I'm just curious, like what led to you loving the physical game so much? Yeah, well, a big, a big thing. I mean, when you, when you get into the NHL, you, you've kind of, again, got to do something that separates yourself from, from others. And um, I think even for Willie, I mean, when Willie came in, you know, fourth line, and, um, you know, 10, 10 to 15 fights uh, his first couple of years. And um, as you kind of establish yourself and are able to get relied upon and, and be in the lineup every night, then you can continue to, 
kind of get more trust from the coaches, um, can kind of continue to, to build your game and, and expand that into other things. And um, I think for me, I was a bigger guy um, at the time. Dallas had a lot of kind of smaller, more offensive defensemen, Alex Goligoski, Trevor Daly, John Klingberg. Um, and it was kind of like, hey, if you're, you're going to be in every night, we need someone who can defend. We need someone who can have a good stick, can be, can be physical and kind of complement those guys. And um, I think it was something where, you know, we don't all run the half wall. We don't all run the power play. So, um, you know, there's still jobs for other guys too. And uh, I think from, from seeing some of the teams that have won, you know, Tampa Bay for the longest time had such skill. And then they, they bring in a few guys that, that can be hard to play against that can complement and open up the ice a little bit for, for those other skill guys. And um, on top of that are pretty darn good players too. Um, you know, Goodrow, Barkley Goodrow is a big, big piece of the trade deadline for them. Uh, that Blake Coleman too, who, who, again, these guys aren't running the half wall or, um, you know, putting up 50 goals, but they, they have important roles. And, and I think for me, um, it's something that I, I kind of got into the league doing, um, you know, being physical front of the nets, these types of things. And, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna continue to do it because it's, it's once you get away from what got you in, um, I feel like you get in trouble and, and, you know, kind of lose that edge and, um, I, I love doing it. I, I love, you know, taking pride in that and kind of just, just, you know, getting some room for, for other guys out there. And, and it's, uh, it's not always easy. I mean, there's, there's a million tougher guys than me. There's a million bigger guys than me. Um, you know, it definitely helps when you have guys like Zidane Ochara and Tom Wilson and, you know, Garnet Hathaway on your team to, you know, to, to be physical and, and kind of have some voices behind you too, when you get into some of those altercations. So, um, you know, hockey is a fun game. Uh, I, I think when, you know, you get to get the score and win some games and can, can have other extracurriculars happen too, makes it, uh, makes it that much better. Love it. Love it. So we'll wrap it up here with kind of some rapid fire questions. We appreciate the time man. it's been awesome, but uh, we, you kind of talked about this earlier and you haven't been able to do too much, but I mean, Vancouver kid, Cali for most of your career. And then you come here, DC, what's kind of been your favorite thing to do here in the DMV or maybe favorite part about this region or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I'm a big sports guy. So being able to have, you know, two NFL teams, uh, baseball or two baseball teams, I guess, too, um, basketball, everything. I think that's, it's been pretty cool to kind of embrace the, the DMV sports out here. Um, the, the food and stuff too has been awesome. There's a few, few great spots in Boston kind of by the practice rink where oh, yeah. I've been able to check out and, um, I don't think dining's open yet in DC, but, Sure, will be be a couple more more things to check out. But I'm being a Canadian kid too. Um, I'll be honest. When I drive down Constitution to the games, I'm just like looking at how yeah. cool all these buildings are. But I don't know enough about what each of them are and the history and all this. So um, I'll have to hopefully get that figured out too. I'm a big Taco Bomba guy right there next to the rink when I leave men's leagues on Thursdays. Taco Bomba, <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's always got right a it's always got a big uh, big lineup outside, but I haven't yeah, had yeah. Either. But yeah. nobody's out there eating that after the 9:50 men's league game. That's the beauty oh, of it. Weird. Well, they're they're too busy waiting for the autographs after. Yeah, they don't have yeah, fans in. Yeah, exactly. Um. So we'll start with the rapid fire questions. Uh, toughest player you've had to match up against in your career? Toughest player to match up against. Um. I mean, I'd probably have to go with one of the obvious ones, but it's true is, is probably, uh, probably McDavid or Crosby for sure. Shocking. Yeah. 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 Shocker. Wonder why. <laughs> I, I had something better for you, but wonder why. Yeah. I mean, at least you're not on any highlight reels of them. That's, that's what I mean. Take, take I, I made, I think it was, I think it was 2013. I made, uh, Patty Kane came in on me. It was on a PK and he did like one of the spinner on my back end. 
short side. Oh, yeah. I was on you. Who was That's the- what I mean. It's twenty NHL 2013. It was like my 10th game ever. And I was like, I honestly don't know how I could have had a better stick. I don't know how I could have done anything else. I just kind of looked at our goalie like, Come on, man. Now it's we're like, gonna be on there, you know. Yeah. It's like who's the poor fucker back... in Toronto that McDavid gave, gave oh, this oh, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Riley, Morgan Morgan Riley, Riley yeah. when he acted like he was coming right and then tucked left on him. I was like, oh, it's, yeah, it's I skate, I skate with Mo, Mo in the summers back in Vancouver, and we kind of, I think it was in the summer, we kind of looked at each other like, it's <laughs> gotta happen, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you go back to the uh, to the bench, like coach. I mean, what else you want me to do is Patrick Kane? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. hey, those guys get paid too, you know? Like those. Yeah. <laughs> Good players out there. They call it the yeah. best league in the world for a reason. Yep. All right. Uh, next rapid fire. Funniest guy in the room. Just guy making everybody laugh. Always pulling jokes. Ah, uh, there's there's a bunch of good. I mean, Osha's Osha's pretty darn funny. I think Osha's just he's he connects with everybody. You know, it doesn't matter if you're from the Czech or you're from Russia or you're 20 or you're 40. You know, I think Osha's yeah. Osha's pretty funny, and, and all the guys get along with him. But um, yeah, even we'll on former there. teams. On former teams, yeah. um, I mean, Jum- Jumbo is pretty funny too. Jimmy Joe, yeah. like, Jumbo is he's awesome. He's always good for a laugh in the room, keeping things loose. Um, yeah, yeah, I might go with those two. And then my final one: a uh, better passer, better passer, Jumbo or Backstrom. <sighs> You sewered him with that that's question, like, right? That's like that's like one one A or like one A A. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I they're honestly both. There's a reason why they're both are going to have be in the Hall of Fame at some point. You know, yeah. I honestly don't even know who I'd pick. Like, I wasn't honestly expecting an answer. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I don't think I can give you an answer because after seeing Backy up close, you know, I got to watch Jumbo for six years and see you know, see how he is, like how he is on that. I mean, you can't give him a bad pass and, and everything he gives, he just sits flat, like on two-on-ones, like in practice, you know, he's passing it. Like, yeah. Yeah, like okay, I might as well go stand and he still finds a lane. And then on backy, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think he's ever given a bad pass to anybody. It's, it's amazing. You know, the sauce, everything he throws from the half ball sits perfect. And um, yeah, both, both unbelievable. So. Uh, best, best city to visit or to play on the road. Best city to play on the road. Um, I really like Chicago. I think Chicago is a really cool, cool atmosphere. I think that's a common answer. Yeah, yeah people I love say, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago is awesome. They, I mean, especially they've had good teams too. So they're, you know, they're they're always packed. Um, the uh, the anthem when they're singing. I don't know if you guys have seen clips oh, of that. Nuts. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, you just get chills when you're, you know, you're sitting there in the blue and you're like looking around like this is so cool that's 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 like a welcome to the nhl moment when you play in chicago and, and just see that so um and i'm not sure if we, i'm gonna get an answer out of this but um the player you hate the most in the nhl right now you have to answer <laughs> player, <laughs> so you, player, i don't know if i'm gonna get an answer but you have to answer <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if there's one player where you're just like uh, brad marshall all right cool yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think uh, now that we played, you know, seven, seven teams for the past 31 games, you're just like so tired of every team. You're just like, I just can't even look at you yeah. anymore. But yeah, I don't know if there's one, one, one guy. I mean, maybe ask me after our playoff run this year. I might have, I might yeah. have someone for you. All right. Sounds and good. Then we'll, the one we'll have you leave us with here, the final one, give us one word to describe Big Z. One word to describe Big Z. Can I, can I use big? Um, yeah, well, yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, friendly 
I don't know. There he's, it is. Uh, like, yeah, friendly. The unexpected he's, answer for sure. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like so genuine. You're just like, man, you're so nice. Like, yeah. Right? yeah. But when he's on the ice, he's got those like big ass glaring eyes. Like it's just uh, looking down on you. And I'm just like, what? Exactly. Honestly, what scares me the most about him if I was on the ice is how much thigh you can see between the socks and the, the damn pants. But he's so big, yeah. they probably don't make socks long enough for him to snap them all the way up there. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's got to have custom everything. I mean, right. from his suits to his hockey gear to his, I mean, everything in between. Yeah, crazy. Love it. Well, there it is. Dilly, we appreciate you coming on, man. Like you said, when um, when things get back to normal, we technically own the rights now to Dilly Does DC. So we'll Dilly have to fire DC, it up, hang yeah, out like a bit. It. We'll fire around Clarendon, have ourselves a time. But uh, again, yeah. man, thanks for the time and uh, best of luck to you guys the rest of the season. We'll, we'll have to catch up after the cup run. Sounds good. Yeah, we can get another one going after the cup run. Uh, yeah, I'll be good. All right, guys, we now welcome on an awesome guest, Bowie, Maryland native. Alumni, both the Washington Little Caps and Team Maryland, as well as pretty much every other team uh, in the CBHL, as we just discussed. But 2018 MAPHL runner-up with the DeMatha Stags, now entering his second season in the OHL with the London Knights. Guys, Bryce Montgomery, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, man, so how have things been? I mean, you guys are just now kicking up. I imagine you're back up in Canada right now. Actually, no, that's not yet. Far, far from that. We're still, we're delayed till uh, January 8th. Delayed that's again. When I move in. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, so back home, how long you been home? I'm guessing you spent all of quarantine here. So if you were around the area, where were you training? Where were you getting your workouts in all that good stuff? Yeah. So when we first got shut down back in March, I went straight home at Brighton Bowie. I was there the first few months of uh, summer. I was training with uh, Clint, Clint with the Black Bears and Piney Orchard. Mm-hmm. We had a good skate going on down there. We had a, few, a guy in the KHL. We had Sam Anis there. He was skating mm-hmm. with us. Yep. A few more guys from Youngstown. We were skating. It was a good skate we had going on. And uh, soon after that, my mom lives in Westchester, PA. So I train up there at, at Ice Line where the Junior Flyers play. I got a coach up there and some good guys who we skated with up there. And uh, I also skate in uh, Newark where the New Jersey Devils play. My uh, power skating coach, he works for the Devils. I skate with him a bit too. But usually, you know, in a normal year, I'd probably be in more places, especially mm-hmm. going into my draft year. I'd probably be somewhere in Toronto training and stuff like that. But just because of the conditions this year, you know, it's, it's pretty limited. Yeah. So I'm doing what I can from home. But now I'm back. I'm right now I'm back home in Bowie right now. I'm here for these. Uh, I've been here these past two weeks just playing. I've been skiing at Bowie with Russ and then uh, I was at a rock roast game with Keegan today. So it's just been, uh, you know, just getting in those reps, staying, staying in shape, doing what I can to be ready for season. But, uh, yeah, it's basically what my summer and winter has been like. Right, so. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, massive season coming up for you, and we'll get to that here in a bit. But what we like to do with the local guys, uh, it's kind of started at the beginning. So, like you said, Bowie native. Kind of talk about when you got your start in hockey, first club you played for. I'm assuming it's the Bowie Bruins right there, being from Bowie, which is where me and Bobcat are alumni. Of. But, yeah, give us a whole spiel of when it got going for you. Yeah, so I, you know, I was just a normal kid, Bowie, growing up, doing whatever, playing different sports and stuff like that. My dad and my grandmother already had that hockey background. My grandma was a figure skater, and my dad, he uh, was a huge hockey player, played at St. Mary's, was a two-time All-American there. He still holds the record there for most uh, most goals for defensemen. Okay. And, yeah, pretty much I, I – they didn't really knew I really wanted to play until I was about six. So as soon as he, we got in, he didn't really, he said, like, if you want to play hockey, you got to learn how to skate, right? So 
he uh he had me with figure skaters i was doing figure skating lessons about three times a week at buoy right at buoy so i had my figure skater coach i did that for a year i still remember uh i used to do figure skating just for a year before i even started playing hockey so right after my six-year-old year of just doing figure skating lessons i uh that was my first season with the Bowie Bruins. And uh, yeah, that was just, as a kid, you know, I didn't think much of it. I'm just playing hockey, but looking back at it, that's the start of my uh, career. So that ice and buoy though, that doesn't compare. You've got to play in some pretty, pretty sweet rinks. That that ice and buoy holds up pretty well, doesn't it? Oh, every time I come back yeah. to Bowie, I'm just like, this ice is crazy. Right, it's a treat playing yeah. a buoy. Yeah, shout out Randy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out Randy there. So, I mean, you start a buoy and then it's, like you were telling us beforehand, you kind of jumped around from club to club every single year. You never did two years in a row um, between clubs. So kind of tell us each of the clubs you jumped around to and what kind of the decision-making behind jumping around from these clubs uh, year after year. Yeah, well, uh, not at the time. I, I'm not the type of guy who likes bouncing around place to place in general. I just like staying in my little box, you know, and it, it is uncomfortable moving around and meeting new players, being with new teammates every year. But looking back at it, I think it really helped me a lot. Just meet so many new people from different uh, backgrounds, especially in the DMV and knowing how everything runs. So right after uh, right after my Bowie year, I went to Metro Maple Leafs and played with Gary Kremen and his team with his son too that year. And that was my nine-year-old season. And right after that season, I had a great year. Uh, played with the Montgomery Blue Devils with Raul Keegan over at Rockville and played there for a year. After that, bounced right into Team Maryland. That was my first uh, AAA year. It was a Pee Wee minor. That was my 12U year. We had a great run. And then me and six other guys from that Team Maryland team moved to ISIS Kings. And we ended up being the number two team in the country for about three years. Probably uh, one of the best teams I've ever been on and probably a crucial role for me in my development through those three years with the ISIS Kings. And then after that, the whole team kind of fell, fell apart. So I went back to Virginia, played for the Little Caps, played that year under Tom Morrissey and his son. We had a good season that year. That was my 14U year. And then after that, that's when I went to uh, Team Maryland that next year to play up with the U16 team when I was 15. And that was also my freshman year playing with the math. And then uh, throughout, it's a common trend throughout jumping around. It's the reason I do jump around too, it's just, I want to get better uh, experience for me because I feel like I want to play on the best teams I can. So and just bouncing around really helps me a lot just to get that new experience and, and playing with under different coaches and stuff like that. But after my freshman year at Damatha, I hadn't gotten offered to play in prep school in Cushing Academy. They were ba based out of Ashburnham, Massachusetts. Had a, it was a fun experience playing in prep school hockey, you know, mm -hmm. just and that was also the year I was committed to Providence too. And it was fun just having that title right. under my belt and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was a quick turnaround from that commitment because I went to the, uh, made a yeah. huge jump to the London Knights the year yeah. after. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to touch on that for sure. I, I want to stop for a second and talk about your time at the math. I know you're only there for a year, but uh, you're a freshman. Like what were you, you six, six foot as a freshman? I was six two, six three. So you're six two, six yeah. three, right-handed shot uh, in in the DMV. There had to be multiple suitors on the table, right? Like, was it Damatha, Gonzaga, MSJ? Like, what kind of went behind your decision-making process on on picking Damatha? And and when you went there, did you know that it was 
going to be uh, a stepping stone like not to I don't want to I want to make sure I don't word that poorly you know DeMatha is one of the best if not the best high school program in the area but you match that up against prep schools and things like that like kind of kind of take us through that process if you don't mind Bryce yeah for sure you know going I remember that year too because I, I have a late birthday so I was a year I'm an 02 so I was a year behind than the rest of the 02s so all my 02 friends they were already there in their freshman year when I was in eighth grade you know I Every kid in the DMV was like, oh, where are you going? You're going, which private school are you going to? It's for hockey. All right. I got the spotting, Gonzaga. Cutthroat MS- MAPHL, baby. Yeah, exactly. MSJ. Hey, your dad played uh, NCAA hockey, and he let you have a late birthday? <laughs> yeah, actually, he was D3, but, uh, yeah, he still played. He was in the NCAA uh, program. But, yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I'm thankful for the late birthday. I think it helps a lot. Yeah, for uh, sure. And was it was it an easy decision to go to Damatha? Yeah, you know, I had I had the main. It came down the main the main schools were spotting in Damatha, but honestly, you know, I just I really liked Damatha as a whole. Like, I really, I just knew everybody there, and it was ten minutes, fifteen minutes from my house. You know, right there in Hyattsville, and I just I just thought I'd have a blast playing there. I loved the coach Tony McCullough. You know, all props to him. He was a great coach for me that year. But uh, I just thought it'd be awesome to play there. Right they they do. I mean, they've been doing it for a while. They they have a pretty comprehensive schedule for a high school team. They travel a lot. So props, like you said, to Tony and the math program there. Sorry, coach. Yeah, Tony's a hell of a coach. <laughs> I mean, talk. I mean, briefly talk about a little bit him a little bit more. I mean, he's obviously well known in the eras, coaches some pretty high levels. Uh, kind of talk about what he meant towards your development and all. Yeah, like Tony, he was uh, he was a coach who knew why I was there because he knew. Samantha wasn't my priority, respectfully, right? Because I'm playing club hockey too with Team Maryland, and he knows like I'm a. I was more one of the high end kids there, and uh, he just knew what he was talking about, right? So I he was he wasn't just a coach. I would just brush off like this guy has no idea what he's talking right. about. He he knew he knew hockey, right? He's from Canada. He knows all about that stuff. But he just he was a great coach for me. I learned a lot of little things from him, and just uh, I think he did help me grow my confidence a lot too. Being one of the only two freshman kids on the team, it was it was just fun playing under him, and just having that the math experience. And I just that's a year I'll never forget. You know, just playing in front of my one um, Dematha. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you get you do one year there, and you guys make it to the you know elusive MAPHL championship. Talk about that game real quick. I mean, obviously it didn't go you guys' way. You lost to Gonzaga, but I mean, talk about the experience, the atmosphere there. I mean, that championship game at the Gardens Ice House on a Friday night is. Nuts. Yeah, that had to prep you for playing in some of those big rinks up north. That 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 barn gets yeah. rocking. Yeah, I yeah. So I still remember that like it was yesterday because uh I remember just going on the ice for that game and it was just packed. Like I've never seen Laurel. I've been skating in Laurel my whole life and I've never seen Patrick that packed before. I could just see it all the Damatha fans on our side, Gonzaga fans is all packed house. Friday night and I'm I'm just like shaking kind of because yeah. I never played it I never played in front of that many people before and the main thing too was that uh it was right there in my hometown right like just Laurel Maryland right there packed house two best teams in the league and I know I know there's three guys on my team from that my club team and three guys on the other on Gonzaga from my club right. team my best friends are on the other team best friends are on my team and it was just it was awesome you know so and then 
The move to Cushing, I mean, like you said, you kind of made it sound like you always knew you're going to go the prep school route up north. But I mean, was that tough? I mean, you're a sophomore in high school and you're just moving all the way up to Massachusetts on your own. Yeah, you know, for me, honestly, I uh, I feel like I took it pretty easier than some other kids would. Just I, I guess I was used to being away from home because when I was 13, I'd be away from home every weekend for mm-hmm. hockey. And I just thought I thought it was a blast. You know, like I just thought how cool is it for me to just be living on my own? this random school up in the mountains just playing hockey and that moves to Cushing was mainly just because uh you know it was a great it was a great summer for me I made natty camp and I committed right after that and uh you know I thought prep school would be the next best step for development for me and you know we had great coaches there it was a great system and uh, I just wanted to take my uh, hockey there and see what it, it would provide for me but, uh, yeah, I don't regret any, any decision I've made, though, with mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah, and, uh, you know, branching off on that, um, obviously this being a, a local segment, um, growing up in Maryland, you know, you're a kid from Bowie. I was a kid from Bowie. Billman's from Southern Maryland. And now you're playing for one of, if not the most recognizable team in the OHL, being the London Knights. Um, I, you know, I'm familiar with the story. I read up on it. But for our listeners, you know, what, what was that process like to, to even end up in London? Like, who was the person you were talking to, to to get you through this? And, you know, what what got the pen to paper to, to get Bryce Montgomery wearing a, a London Knights jersey? Right. So one of their main – they have a scout for every district and probably the world. So one of their – their right. northern – their northern uh, – northeastern scout who's Billy Sullivan – he scouts all the way throughout Pennsylvania and, and through the DMV. And he, I was, he rarely came through our area, but he, he saw me play with little caps when I was 14. He marked me down just as a kid for potential. And, uh, you know, he kept watching me throughout the years and he saw me in Natty Camp too, because Natty Camp was a huge scale for people, prospects right. and stuff like that. So I definitely got a lot more, a lot more looks there to get me on the radar, but he kept watching me year after year and saying, I, I think he, we finally, he finally reached out my team around year, gave me his card and stuff like that. And at that point, like as a, as a kid in the U S yeah. Committed. What are you thinking? You've got a, you've got a scout <laughs> of a major junior team handing you a card. Like what is going through your head? Yeah. And it wasn't the first one too. Like I've, I've had other scouts from other teams in the yellow, but like, that's the last thing that's on my mind just because I'm like, I'm thinking I'm set. I just, I'm going to D play D one college. Right. And just, I'm fine with that. And I think that's at that, at that time I had a limited mindset to what I could do in hockey and what I wanted to pursue in hockey. So uh, eventually, you know, I ended up talking more and more with Billy during my prep school year in, uh, at Cushing. And he, at the end of the Cushing, Cushing season ended in about February. We didn't have any ice or anything. And then he's like, hey, just come up for, we come up for a mini camp in London, right? Because uh, they had a, a mini camp schedule just for all their prospects and stuff like that. So, I'm thinking, why not get in some great quality ice before districts? Because I had districts the week after that, which is the tryout for Natty Camp to go to that. That was my most important year because it was the last year of Natty Camp. So I, my dad, he ends up, we drive eight hours up to London just to get some ice in. My dad just just crazy shit like that for me. <laughs> and uh, we ended up staying my hotel. I literally went out there thinking, I'm just going to play. I don't even care. Like, I'm not looking to come here. <laughs> And then uh, they ended up, they told me after the first skate, they were saying, just like, hey, play like that again tomorrow. We're going to give you a contract. Like, we really want you to be able to play here. 
and at the time I'm thinking like it's the last thing on my my mind coming here like I didn't uh I didn't think I'd be leaving with a contract offer so there's a lot of talk in those in that weekend just between going up there and just everything on the table and eventually it turned into signing a few weeks later so would, would you say that's the moment where it kind of hits you where you kind of realize like holy shit I'm actually really good at hockey and have a chance of doing something with this or was it like a different time <laughs> yeah I mean you, said, you gotta you have got that, that realization at some point. yeah you said you got that commitment under your belt and you're like yo that was nice that was nice to have was it the commit or was it the the transfer over to major junior yeah I mean I mean you know like throughout all those processes I I, I I'm a humble kid naturally like I, I know my my skills without having to, to show it off or anything like that well you got that but, Minnesota nice bread India yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but uh I just you know I I don't think I ever thought of it like that because I I at the end of the day I know I still have a lot of work to do I'm not where I want to be yet and I think that's just a motivator every day for me like I'm I'm here but like so what right I'm not done with what I need to do and to be Listen, successful did you hear that turn that up for your kids in the back seat <laughs> that's yeah, refreshing like, to hear Bryce thank you for sharing man yeah, seriously. Like, even uh, I bet a lot of other kids might think we're think I'm at somewhere in my career, and they think, "Oh, I I think I'm the shit." But it's like the complete opposite. Like, mm-hmm. so I got. Uh, oh, sorry, Bryce. I mean to cut you off, man. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying that. Uh, you know, even back when I first committed, I never thought anything highly of it because right. I was a young kid. I was only 15 when I committed, but I still I I was just forever grateful for that opportunity. But I still remembered like I'm still. I'm 15. Like I got so much, so many more years ahead of me. Like anything can happen. I just want to play every day. Like I, it's the last day I can play hockey. So. so touching, touching more on the the O or the Ontario hockey league. Um, so you, you've talked about it with some of your coaches and part of the reasons that you moved around a little bit was just trying to get more and more of that hockey information or that hockey knowledge, right? Like the DMV is not a traditionally uh, hockey hotbed. Um, what are some of the differences up in, up in Canada? Like, or I know that uh, the major junior programs are incredible. Are you guys, you know, getting iPads on the benches? Are they tracking your coursey? Like what, what, what's going on behind the scenes there? Yeah. So there's a lot of, cause I remember I was doing a lot of research before signing with London and going, now that I know through my first year, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that nobody sees. And we don't, we don't have iPads on the bench, of course, <laughs> but, but uh, we, there's a lot of stuff. They keep, they keep track of everything. Like I remember uh, after my first few preseason games, they were telling me how many turnovers I made and like how, uh, how many uh, accurate passes I made, how many breakout passes I made and just they're documenting everything. Right. So like, yeah, just stuff like that. And there's just a lot of stuff, you know, just, in the locker room it's it was awesome seeing guys like getting drafted in the first round we got guys playing in, in the nhl getting a few yeah we'll, we'll touch on and, that yeah for sure yeah for sure but uh it was just cool to see how champions are right because we have del hunt we have the hunters behind oh, us yeah. and it's just inspiring to see them every day and and it, it makes you want to be that much better seeing what they do and what our team does and just playing in front of the bud so so touching touching back on that, like Dale Hunter, obviously is a pretty uh, pretty important name for DC hockey. Um, another recent name for Caps fans to pay attention to, Connor McMichael. Uh, both of those guys being, uh, you know, people that 
are talked about or excited to be talked about in the DMV. Did any of those guys, you know, come into play with your decision? I know, uh, you know, Dale spent plenty of time in the area. And at that point, before you went, McMichael was drafted, I believe, right? Did, did that come into play at all? Like, hey, know the area, like, get out of Maryland, come to Canada. Yeah, for sure. So actually, uh, I did have that background on Dell playing with the Caps. You know, that's somewhat, I don't think it influenced my decision because even without that background, I probably would already be super interested in going there. But uh, yeah, Dylan, Dell did, he lived in DC for uh, for many years, right? And oh, yeah. Dylan, D- Dylan actually played for Little Caps. He's yeah. our assistant coach, Dell's son. He's my, he's my D coach. He played for Little Caps for a while and he was just telling me stories about how Dell would get in the fights with other parents in the stands when he was playing and stuff like that. But yeah, he was telling me he grew up right and he, he uh, remember he went to school. I forgot what school he went to, but he, we were just talking for a while about Maryland and you know, it did. It was cool to see that uh, they have background about where I'm from and stuff like that. But touching on uh, McMichael, he actually he was drafted to the Caps after I signed with them. So he was I was already signed when he was drafted. But it's just cool to see. Uh, it's an eye opener seeing the guy who's going to be your teammate next year, yeah. right? So yeah, is he hitting you up for tips on where to eat in the area? <laughs> or? <laughs> yeah no not too much but he he was in uh virginia earlier this summer yeah. just with the caps though before yeah a lot of out. a lot of people excited about him i mean you get to spend probably every waking day with him i mean kind of talk about him a little bit what kind of guy he is on the ice in the locker room and then we're uh, excited for him yeah i mean yeah we're yeah. excited but i mean or maybe even some funny stories you got with him or about him from up in the yeah. shenanigans <laughs> yeah for sure you know uh he's he's an awesome kid you know like I think the main thing about him is that he's driven, you know, like every day, like he shows up ready to play. Like you see uh, what separates him, you know, he, every shot he takes, he's, he wants to bury that puck and he's, he's a worker, you know, like he's got a lot of skill behind it, but he still works. And being with him in the locker room, it's cool to see, uh, it's cool to see what guys like that uh, are all about. You know, he, he, he jokes with us a lot too. You know, he's always joking because the rookies, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> Yeah, you know, we have made five a little bit, but he's he's awesome though, and uh, you know I hope nothing but the best for him. And we should see him again this year with us. So, yeah, it sounds like there's a pretty impressive culture there. You keep referring to you know just how things have been done and looking and watching other guys. There's a reason that the the London Knights are are well known in the hockey community. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, but I've got I've got a question. Um, I know that. Uh, we talked about your commitment and, and going to major junior for a lot of our listeners, they don't understand, or they might not know the, the balance between that. So um, could you break that down for the, for the common man, uh, the, you know, the differences and, and the implications like going and playing major junior and what that does for your eligibility. And Right. Yeah. So basically the OHL, if you play in any uh, major junior league in Canada, the WHL, the QA, QMJHL, or the OHL, that terminates your eligibility to play NCAA hockey because you technically are getting getting paid for uh, for the sport right. you're playing. So, you know, I think obviously that's a rule in place that I don't know if it's going to be there much longer, but, you know, it's – it's not like we're getting paid five grand and, and right. stuff you're like that. Right, you get like free school week. and some stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, so like honestly, that's that's in place. But you know, I still think college hockey and major junior hockey are two different things. So, and yeah, that's that's definitely something that I know that there's very little uh, information on in our area. Right, we just got a North American League team what two years ago. So right, there's, yeah. there's definitely a, a 
a breaking point of, of information that people get in this area. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, for sure. And kind of going back to tough decision making, like I've mentioned before, but that one couldn't have been easy. I mean, knowing that, hey, if I go and do this, there goes Providence, there goes college hockey. And I don't know if like it was a big dream of yours to ever go play college hockey or anything. So, but I, but I can't imagine that one was easy to mull over. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, at the end of the day, everybody's goal in hockey, I think, is to play at the highest level they can, but and to have fun. But like for me, you know. At a young age, you know, I was uh, just talking with my agent and, and my, just my parents and everybody in my circle just sweet. I was seen as a pro prospect, right? You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to limit myself to just playing college hockey. And if I can go to a team in a, in a league where it's a feeder for the NHL and I can improve right. myself and be ready for the NHL, which is the end goal for me. Mm-hmm that's that's what i'm gonna do right like yeah you're playing 60 game seasons versus 20 game seasons you're 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 practicing like a pro already in those programs not to say that not to say that division one's not but there's something to be said of getting that body used to playing 50 60 games a year if 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 the goal for you is to be playing 82 to you know 100 games a year right exactly and i have i have nothing against division one hockey it's it's division it's d1 hockey it's awesome right you're going to absolutely yeah, you're going. I've I have nothing against that. You're going to college for free. You're playing hockey in front of your school. Like that's amazing. But you know, I just yeah, think those are some of the intricacies. Just like you're saying, Bryce, that you know the the common listener or people in this area, they may not even know that that type of thing, right? Like you're going to Canada and you're basically playing a professional schedule. Exactly. You know, it's 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 a real rigid schedule. You know, I'm skating every single day. You know, it's no off days pretty much, and it, we're we're on the bus to, to away games every weekend. We got home games every weekend and, you know, it's, it's tiring, but it's cool to see how a regular pro season is all, is all about. So, so I've got a couple more questions and then we're going to do a little rapid fire if that's all right. For sure. I guess one difference is if you would have went to college hockey route, you'd be able to body check this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's the question here. Well, that's the million dollar question. Are they yeah. like coaching yeah. you on this? Or are they just telling you get those feet moving so you're not getting burned? Like, I know that you're yeah. someone that that's a good skater and that seems to be at the top. Uh, one of the, one of your better skills is your skating, right? You focused on it as a young age or your coach is saying like, Hey, get ready. Cause you got to be on your feet this year. Yeah. Honestly, I, I just think that's a ruse personally. I don't know if that's, I don't see that happening. I just think that was just a story they wanted to get out. Just Yeah. To, we'll see what happens when the puck drops. Right. Seriously. Like- honestly, Actually, like, tell me someone against the board who's like, oh, are they going to call me for that? Or Yeah, but it's I, like I, I heard everybody in the hockey world is talking about that, but I, I just don't see that happening in our league. Like, I just – that sounds bizarre to me. So Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, so this is, this is my last uh, O-related question. Uh, um, so, I mean, you're a right-handed D-man, and again, for, for – we, uh, hopefully we've got some people that are learning as we go here – Right-handed defensemen are a hot commodity. Was was your dad a righty? Did he teach you to play righty? Because everywhere else in the world, they want that dominant hand up top. Like you being a right-handed big defenseman. Uh, a question question A was that something intentional? And B, um, you know, you're a, a good skater, big defenseman, heavy shot. Like who who do you model your game after? Yeah, for sure. So for A. Uh... I, I'm not, it's not intentional. I'm just right-handed. So like (laughs) my dad was, yeah, my dad was also right-handed shot too, but my little brother, he's a left-handed shot. So he, uh, 
it's not intentional at all. So, so we got to worry but, about uh, him tearing up the CBHL here and the MAPHL and all that coming up soon. <laughs> oh yeah, well, he he's done the same thing with me. He's bounced around. He played he's played on all the same teams I have. So he's played on Metro Bowie. He played with me in my first year Bowie. He played up three years. So we played Bowie, Metro, Montgomery, T Maryland, and Little Caps. He's done the same thing as me. He's playing for the Skipjacks this year with the Curzners in New York. So, but yeah, he's doing good. But question B, uh, probably a guy I model myself after. And I like to say Seth Jones. You know, a lot of people compare compare me to him and think we have similar uh, style. And then I'd like to Brent Burns too. You know, I just think we're both go. mainly because of the size, but I think I'm a little more elusive than both those guys. Nope. Just, I was uh, watching the clips. You're not afraid to take it up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little in end every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I like I like skating the puck, you know. It's just... My issue is I'd get all the way down to the other end and just, oh shit. Like, what now? <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get back or there's gonna be an odd man rush because Lord knows I'm fumbling this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, probably probably those two are the two ones I put on the questionnaires, just Seth Jones and uh Brent Burns and I like to throw in Victor Hedman too, just because you know I like his poise. I think we both have good poise and a good puck movers. But now those are the big D I usually think of that can skate. So. We're gonna clip that the day you're in the NHL and come up against Brent Burns or <laughs> play the part where you said you think you're more elusive than him, and we'll just start blasting it all over the social. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. We got him now, right? We got him. We got him where we want him here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, Bob, I think you got this one, but draft eligible year. I know, Bob, you're real into the whole central scouting report. I mean, coaching juniors and all that. Go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I um, just big hockey nerd, right? Like, I, I love all levels of hockey. Um, the central scouting report for people that are unfamiliar is is pretty much like the almanac of of your, your, draft, your draft year, right? Like, in a year that your season shortened um, – you know how important your year is. Is that something you're you're taking into account and worrying about, or are you just worried about your game? Like, it's it's got to be in the back of your mind, right? Like, your your end goal is to be in the in the big leagues. Like, what what where does that come into play? And like your preparation, are there things that happen in in that conversation that you're more focused on than others, or are you just focusing on being the best Bryce Montgomery you can? Yeah, as far as season goes, you know, right now we're at a 40 game season, so. Uh, it's obviously shortened by 20 games naturally, which is kind of a bummer, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't, it's a, it's a pandemic year. We, you got to focus on what you can do. But uh, if you look at it, we're still playing a, a regular college season plus playoffs. If you look at that. So we're, we're 40 game season plus playoffs. And honestly, I can't, I'm not worried about it because I look on the bright side of things. Like I can get, do more training, get more training done work on my off-ice stuff and just get better on the ice as a whole. And yeah, I haven't played any games in a while, but I think it's just, uh, I try to look on the bright side of things and just focus on what I can do to get better and prepare before going back up there in January. But, you know. I think uh, it's a, a great mindset to have for the, the younger guys, right? Control what you can control and worry about what you can handle and let the chips fall. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, I feel like I, I feel like I suffer when I, worry about stuff I can't control like right, right. Like, stupid as stupid someone goals. that constantly lives inside their own head you don't want to be here Bryce stay, right. stay out man. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> right uh so like Bob said we'll rip off some we'll, we'll kind of start to wrap it up here we appreciate your time man we'll rip off some 
kind of uh, rapid fire questions here. Well, you know, one time a drill from the blue line, if you would. Right. But um, so let's let's start with this. You played for pretty much all of them, so you might not hate any of them, but maybe a local club you hated or hated playing against. Playing against real? Oh, that's a. I've never been asked that before. Um, yeah, call out call out <laughs> some teams here for us. Uh, not high school, just regular club teams. I eh? like. Oh, well, yeah, you say not high teams. school, like there the might be a high team. school team that's that's up there. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, honestly, I, I, if I had to say high school, probably be Gonzaga. You know, I just hated playing against them. They're always the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. And it was just frustrating, you know, just not not being those guys. And plus, they took away the championship for me my first year. But, uh, yeah, club yeah. team, though, uh, yeah. it's weird. I, it's, it's hard to say the club team because I played on every single club team. In the area. You have friends <laughs> on every that's team. What you yeah, but um, – uh, who did we hate, Billman? Let's go. Let's go with uh. Well, what, we'll age ourselves here, but it was always the Chesapeake Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, were. They, they weren't a thing when you were playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they played right question. at Piney, so it was like right back and forth. So we gotta ask this. Like again, we're we're a local podcast. What's yeah. the deal with number fifty-eight? Was that a here rookie take it, or is that a Latang? Like, what's going on there? No, that's uh, that was actually my dad's number. He wore that. Okay. Oh, yeah, so Latang stole his number. <laughs> exactly. So he's more elusive than uh, than Bernsey, and Latang stole his old man's number. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> um, any any pregame rituals or superstitions that that you partake in, and no, nothing crazy if it's not, but you know, put gear on the same way, or what what's what's uh what's something you have to do on game day? Honestly, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be blank, but I. I just got to warm up. I have my own warm up routine I do. So before the the whole team warms up, I'll just go upstairs before and do my own warm up just because I got to do my specific warm up drills that I like to do and get me going for the game. But other than that, you know, I just, I'm not that superstitious compared to the rest of the guys on my team. So I just do whatever. Fair enough. That's uh, like it seems seems like par for the course. Not in your own head. No superstitions. Yeah. Get after it. Well, when you do that, you just kind of set yourself up at the beginning anyway. Like, oh, if I don't do this right, I'm already going to have a bad fucking game just by telling yourself that. But here's yeah. another good local one for you. Favorite and least favorite rink here in the area, DMV. My fa- I gotta say Piney for the favorite rink. Okay. Because I just I just pre pre reconstruction and pre new ice or. Just every, <laughs> every, every, every uh, part of it, you know, I still yeah. think it's, it's awesome, but uh, yeah, I just, I feel like Piney's probably the, the rink I've skated at the most. Just okay. for That's your home thing. rink? It's technically, it's Bowie, but I like to think of Piney as that just because I just, I just, that's where I've skated the most. I feel like out of all the rinks here and I've been there a lot through a thick and thin for whatever it may be, I've taken some dates there. Hey, I'm gonna choose to remember that. that you said Bowie Bryce. We can clip that, I think. <laughs> All right, so he's taking local local chicks to the Piney Orchard. Like, what do you want to do on first day? It's like, oh, let's go to Piney Orchard. Like, oh, I know the way that these walls bounce. I know the way the boards bounce here. Um, best player you've played uh, with or against? Wait, I gotta say my least favorite. Yeah, least favorite. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, least favorite would probably be. That's actually tough. Because, you know, the main rink's... 
Um, yeah, but the main rinks that I go to are Laurel, Piney, Bowie, and Rockville. So, you never had to play a game at Wells or anything? Easton? You never had to play at Easton with those bad lights? Oh, no. I, I'm thinking of uh, che- Chevy, not Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, uh, the outdoor? Yeah. And, uh, no, there was another rink. There's another rink that we used to practice at with Team Maryland. Not Wells. I don't think it was Wells. I well, can't remember the college, name of it. When College Park with like, it was like half outdoors. That's Wells, no yeah. Walls, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'll just say Rockville just because I hate the drive. Yeah, Rockville rink, well, to, to be fair too, Rockville rink three is by far the coldest rink you can play in. Yeah. And I just, I hate that drive. I feel like the drive just sucks the life out of me. So, so I skipped oh. a question. That's my bad, Bryce. So, uh, coach that's made the biggest impact on your development. I mean, you had your dad, you had Macaulay, you've got the Hunter brother or the Hunter mm-hmm. family. Like that's, that's some tough company. Yeah, you know, um, honestly, you guys don't know him, but I, I want to, as of now, it's the Hunter brothers, but the coaches, the coach that's made the biggest impact on my development has been uh, Nolan Howell. You know, just, he, he was our coach for ISIS Kings when I was 13. He's, he's Gordy Howe's grandson, Mark Howe's son. And he was one of the guys who always believed in me when I wasn't my best. And he always told me, you know, I'm, I'm a great player and I just got to keep working on these things. And I was with him for three years. And I feel like he's he's one of the crucial reasons that I'm where I'm at today. So, but also too, the Hunter brothers also, because just seeing those guys and what they do for all of us is just incredible. You know, like Dell could easily be retired, you know, and just be set and just do his own thing. And he he's still showing up to the rink every day, five in the morning, six in the morning doing video, working with all of us out there with the team and even Dylan Hunter and Rick Stedman and our whole, our whole staff, like they're just all workhorses and they inspire me to be better every day, you know, so. And the last one, like Bob mentioned, best player you've been on the ice with, whether same team against, because I mean, you can, you can take a couple things into consideration there. Obviously you're in the O now and you're playing with draft picks and future NHLers. I mean, we mentioned Takis at the beginning of the show. He's become a hell of a goalie. Team U.S. camp, you name it. Oh, geez. I mean, that's actually this one player. That's kind of rough because. Uh, I mean, you give, you, you give, give us a, a top few. three. Give us a top In three. In no particular Make, order. No particular order, so we can't clip that either. Um, geez. Uh, I play with a lot of players, you know, like throughout just the whole yeah. world, you know. But, yeah, rub um, it in. <laughs> uh I'll probably say Liam Foodie from my team. You know, he's playing in the NHL now. He play he was playing in playoffs with the Columbus with Blue Jackets and he was probably one of the better players I've ever played with. Um Jeez, that's that's rough. <laughs> I mean you have a hard time keeping track of them all, man. You're playing with I, new I, guys every year. I could easily pick all the guys from my team. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. You could put together an all-star team of just kids that you've played with. Yeah, yeah. Like I could, I could, I could easily say Ryan Merkley from my team, and I could say Connor McMichael. You know, like those guys yeah. were just incredible we'll to watch. Three first-round picks. That's, 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 the yeah, yeah. That's three first-round picks. I think I think that's a good answer, Bryce. I think that's yeah. a safe answer. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to 
yeah, that's that's my answer. So. That's a keep keep the locker room happy too with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't go back and be like, oh, so we got this list. Uh, we yeah. back a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we want to talk to you about it a bit, even though you're not a rookie anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, love it, man. Well, Bryce, man, we appreciate you coming on, man. Safe travels back to Ontario and everything. Hope you have a hell of a year, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Hopefully, you can adjust to the whole non body checking nonsense and the shortened season and put together a hell of a year and really up that draft stock a good bit. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for having me so much. It was an honor being on here. So. All right. We now welcome on a very awesome guest who spent 18 years on the Capitals bench as a head athletic trainer. Smitty, as they used to call him, as he's known here in DC, Greg Smith, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Great. Thank you for having me. Love it. So a little bit, a little bit about your start here is what we'll talk about. So local guy, I mean, from Bowie, Salisbury alum. Did you play really any sports growing up, maybe even hockey in particular? And kind of when was it that you kind of first realized you want to become an athletic trainer? Well, it was kind of interesting. I played sports all throughout my career. Played up, uh, you know, in high school, I played soccer up until my freshman year in high school. And then um, I had a, a hip injury when I was born, basically, that kind of drove me into that athletic training field. So I had several operations in my high school days that kind of dropped me from playing soccer. I switched over to swimming to, for rehab, and I actually swam at Salisbury, believe it or not. Nice. So we got a, a swimming short, goal fat, here, baby. Fat guy Love like it. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sport fat guy like me swam in college, which is great. That's what <laughs> swimming is bad for you there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people would actually jump into the water and be like four lengths ahead of me because I was, you know what I mean, at, at a whopping five, six. I mean, you know, you're swimming against guys that are like six foot. You're yeah, like, I was yeah, say, Michael ahead, Phelps, get, Michael Phelps is six four. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you kind of briefly touched on it there, but how did you specifically become a trainer for hockey? Like what pushed you in that direction? So it was kind of funny. I, we, I went to grad school up in Pennsylvania. And uh, I mean, I, I'm sad to say this, but I, I met a guy named Skip Thayer, who was the trainer for the Pittsburgh Penguins at the time. I know that's bad to say, but was Skip was like, Skip told me, he was like, hey, look, you should get into hockey. And I was like, look, I don't know anything about it. I never played. Growing up, that was for, you know, Bowie had a rink, but, you know, what, you know, only the rich kids in Bowie played. I mean, you know, I was... I mean, my, my parents could afford shin guards and, and a bad pair of cleats, and that was about it. So, uh, you know, I didn't know too much about hockey, but, you know, Skip was nice. He said, look, he said, this is about the time the league was going to expand from 24 teams to 30 teams. He says there's going to be tons of jobs available. He said, you know, look, you got the right personality. You should try to get into it. So I got all jazzed up. I went home. I wrote about 200 you know, letters and cover letters and sent them out to every professional hockey team ever. I sent them to everybody. And, and the ironic thing was, is I got only one response and that was from the Hershey Bears. And the Hershey Bears said, look, we have a trainer, but thanks a lot. Good luck with everything you did. So I was kind of a little bit depressed and, you know, like, man, I, I'm never going to get in. So I decided to, um, to go up to Piney Orchard and um, I walked in and asked to see the head trainer there, who was a guy named Stan Wong, who, who uh, had the job previously to me. 
and I met Stan and told him that, you know, I was an athletic trainer that I would love to, you know, maybe volunteer or kind of, you know, grind my teeth on it. And uh, Stan said, okay, we'll come back tomorrow and I'll, 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 I'll uh, sit down and talk to you. So I showed up the next day and um, Stan was out golfing with Jim Schoenfeld. So I ended up uh, meeting up with uh, Doug Shear, who uh, they call him Sluggo. He was an equipment manager for, I don't know, 23 years with the Caps until 2007. And then he went to the uh, Mighty Ducks and he just recently retired. Uh, Sluggo and I hit it off and uh, I, I worked as, a, as a, a very underpaid intern for the Caps back in 2004-2005 season. And if you guys recall, 2004, we had our NHL lockout. Yep. So I spent half the year just sitting there waiting for hockey to start so I could get my hockey experience. And uh, I learned how to sharpen skates and do a lot of equipment repairs and and, and do a lot of laundry because, you know, we, we, we took care of it, but it worked out. So I was an intern for the Caps for the year. We started back up in January. We played 42 games and uh, we made it into the playoffs. Um, and it was a great experience. You know, Dale Hunter was the captain of the team back then. Jim Schoenfeld was our coach and David Poyle was the GM. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny because David Poyle at the end of the year came to me and says, well, what do you think? I said, man, this hockey thing's awesome. He goes, you, you want a job? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay. He, and this is a Friday, uh, Friday afternoon. He goes, okay, well, you know, I, I'll make some calls on your behalf. I said, oh, that's great. So the next morning I got a call at nine o'clock in the morning from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And um, their GM offered me a job and an expansion team up in Baltimore. So, of course, I jumped on it and I took the job. And then at 11 o'clock, I got a phone call from uh, the guy who, Donnie Wardell, who's now the president of the Carolina Hurricanes. Donnie calls me and goes, hey, Smitty, I'd love to hire you. David said to hire you. Um, you know, I'm with the Orlando Solar Bears in the IHL. And uh, I'd love to hire you. I said, well, I just took a job with the, with the Baltimore team, with the Ducks. He says, well, how much are they paying you? I said, 30 grand. He goes, I'll give you a 45 and a car. Ooh. And I said, ah, that Donnie, car, The car is the piece right there, baby. Yeah, the, the car was it. I was like, man, like this ain't that bad. So, so I ended up turning them down. I said, I can because I told them that I'd take the job. And that's how I ended up in Baltimore and kind of worked my way up in Baltimore for two years. And then. And then, ironically, I got the job with, uh, with the uh, Ottawa Senators. And um, because our GM at the time, in our minor league GM with the Baltimore Bandits, he became the GM of the, Orla uh, the Ottawa Senators. And he offered me the job up there. And the Ducks only had one choice is the either give me the same job or let me go sign with them. And the Ducks uh, fired their trainer and moved me out to Anaheim. So. That's how I ended up with the Mighty Ducks. Love it. Yeah. So but being a life, lifelong Caps fan, I, <laughs> I started and ended with the Caps. Perfect. So how, how was it uh, having a team in Baltimore up there? I mean, I, I've been I've lived in Baltimore for a, a couple of years. I actually went to Towson University, but how was it having a hockey team there? So, so first of all, 
Baltimore, I love that town, right? It's, yeah. you know, like it's, it's kind of quiet. There's like a lot of cool little places, cool, cool little areas there. Our players actually loved it there, but their arena was really big and, and we could just never market the team as well and get any fans. Yeah. I used to sit there and, uh, you know, the coach, the coach would bet me if I could count the number of fans before the end of the anthem. So, so our production people <laughs> were in on it. So, so they would actually try to find people to, to, uh, to do the anthem in real fast pace to try to see if they could get me. So they would run a promotion and have the world's fastest anthem singer. And I'd be like, I'd be like 102, 103, 104, 105, 106. I'd be counting. Like, and that was, that was our like running joke. You know what I mean? But yeah, you know, the, 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 the city was great. You know, we did, we just could never draw fans. I mean, yeah. unfortunately too is, you know, the cap center was, you know, in Landover at the time. So mm-hmm. we're competing against, you know, the, a bigger club. Right. So, and then, you know, you have the flyers up North, you have the caps basically in Landover ticket prices for the caps weren't, you know, call it maybe 25, $30 more than what we were charging. So, so it was hard to really draw fans. I think it would do okay now because the ticket prices are a little right. bit higher in the NHL now, you know, so maybe you can pick up some American league, you know, and the American league talent is pretty good. Mm-hmm. We had a good team back then too. We, yeah, had, we, we led the, I, I think we broke the American league. I don't know if it's still there cause I haven't looked in a while, but we had like 498 penalty minutes in a game against the Binghamton Rangers. We set a uh, American League record. Nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could almost throw like you mentioned it, like an AHL team. You could almost even throw like an ECHL team in there just to see how it would do, or something small like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's t- because the arena, the you know downtown is really nice. I mean, it's older. Yeah. But you know the the. the, the the, the seating, it wouldn't take that much to really retrofit it and make it nice. Right. Yep. So you talked about talent on a roster. I mean, you're with the Ducks and you've got guys in the likes of Solani and Paul Korea. What's, I mean, what's any memorable kind of instances working with those two guys? I mean, I know, I know Korea had some of his concussion issues and all, but. Yeah. Well, well, PK, when he got, when he got cross-checked by uh Suter there, I, that, that was my first, uh, that was my first year with the with the Ducks there, so that was a good baptism into the NHL there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, two of the most super guys that I've ever worked for. So I was only there for two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, those guys got inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2018, I think it was, or 17. I can't remember. And uh, it was funny because Paul calls me up and goes, "Hey, are you you, you retired?" I said, "Yeah, I left in October." He goes, okay, well, uh, eight ball and I are getting inducted into the hall of fame. So he goes, you're coming. So I went up to Toronto. I was, I was with him with the ceremony. And then he was like, okay, next week we're having a party back in Anaheim, you know, that, that the Samuelis who own the, the ducks are putting on. So, so somebody will call you. And then they flew me and my wife out first class out to Anaheim. We spent the weekend for all that stuff. 
I mean, just classy guys. I mean, like wow. I said, I was there for two years, but the bond that we had, like, right. no matter where Paul played, you know, because Tamer was always in Anaheim, really. Like, he went to Colorado, went to San Jose, but basically he was in Anaheim. But Paul kind of was a little bit more of a suitcase. He went to Nashville, he went to mm -hmm. St. Louis. But no matter what, if I played him with when I was the Caps, it wasn't like we go in the night before. It wasn't, hey, you know, if you're available, let's go out to dinner. He, he would be like, no, I'm going to pick you up at your hotel. We're going out to dinner every single time. Like, Love it. It, 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 it's just that kind of kid, you know. But when he had the concussion, him and I got really close because, you know, it, it, I mean, he really struggled his first year and we kept him out the whole year because he just wasn't right. And I mean, what a great kid, you know, and so we, we got a really good bond. It was funny because he's really kind of an introvert. And I used to just to get him out of his house. I used to invite him down to my house for dinner. And uh, and so him and, and my kids and my wife, like they're super tight with him and stuff like that. So he, he was just a, you know, superstar. And then, you know, Tamu and I were always good, but Paul and I were, uh, I would say, tighter. Love it. So uh, you, you tweeted that it was a hard decision to give up the job that you love and that it was time to kind of reconnect with loved ones. Was that just the grind of an entire NHL scene just wearing you down uh, year after year? And uh, how did you spend that uh, first season off? Uh, well, so, so it was kind of funny. Uh, you know, I've always you know, I love the job, like, you know what I mean? It's hard, but you basically, you're working September to April every day, all the time, even on days off, you got guys that are hurt and you're still going in, you're still working, you know, you're traveling. I miss, you know, kids' birthdays and growing up and this and family, this family, that my son was his last year in high school. Um, the year I retired and, and he was like, dad, how many soccer games are you going to make? And I said, well, how many did I make your first three years? He said, five. I said, five. I said, okay, I bet you I make more than five. He goes, all right, I, I, I'll bet you. I said, all right, $50 says I make more than five. He said, all right. So of course I, I retire from the caps. I go to every single one of his soccer <laughs> games, and the little bastard still owes me 50 bucks. <laughs> You're never getting that 50 yeah. bucks. Yeah, you're yeah, never getting yeah. that. No chance. You bastard. No, yeah, ch yeah, so. no chance at all. Yeah, so. yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, so I, I just, you know, I, I really liked it and stuff like that. And, and you kind of get into it and it's kind of your identity and it's kind of what you do. And I love treating athletes. That's why I went into the G League, yeah, you know, just recently to, to go back and treat some athletes for a couple of really the stress of trying to get guys back and optimally perform and do their job. I love that. Um, so it was hard to give up, but I mean, uh, I also don't understand how I did that job for that long either. Cause like I'm sleeping my own bed, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm well rested nowadays. Like it's crazy. <laughs> right. So that first season, did you kind of completely disassociate, disassociate from hockey completely? Or did, did you find yourself like still watching majority of the games or were you just like, nope, if I'm done, like I'm, I'm taking a break. So, so, so besides going up to, to the, uh, the, uh, the um, hall of fame ceremony 
and watching the games up there because they have a, like alumni games and stuff like that. Right. I I didn't watch one single NHL game until the playoffs. I just couldn't do it. Right. You just can't like mentally, like it, it was a hard decision. I mean, like it was like, you know, you, you wake up every day and you're like, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And here it is, you know, fast forward, it's three years later. And I go, did I do the right thing? Like I had a pretty good gig. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. It was pretty good, yeah. you know, but, 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 but it's always hard. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's different for a player. A player walks away from the game because their body gives out. You know, right. you know, a trainer, you know, you know, hundred percent of the trainers in the NHL, well, not a hundred percent because I wasn't one of them, but most of the time, 95, you know, get fired and that's how they decide to go do something else. Hmm. Like, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I was lucky, but you know, I never got fired. So it was like, all right, well, maybe it's time. You know, like yeah. a lot of guys don't have that ability to retire. Usually it's somebody making that decision for you. But for me, it was just, it was kind of, you know, I, I've always thought about it and I always try to plan myself to be able to have that decision-making power to do it. I just never thought I would do it. Right. And you, you talk about how difficult of a decision that was and then how you couldn't really watch until the playoffs and then, Obviously, the next year is the big year here. It's it's the cup run. Uh, how invested were you in that? And then afterwards, were you were you able to be a part of maybe any of the celebrations knowing you had spent so long here and were so close with Leonsis and all the players or anything like that? So, so I, I, yeah, it was hard to watch. It was yeah, really yeah. hard to watch because, because here's the thing, like, but, it, you know, it was funny because during the cup run, right, it was myself um one of the other pr guys that left justin williams uh carl osner uh chorney who just got traded right before the yeah. uh, uh, the trade deadline and i'd have to go back and look but it was like sure all is. of us were, all of us were on this group chat together oh no way you know what i mean and going back and forth they're like oh my god they're gonna do it are you kidding me like, yeah we're going back and forth and we're watching the games and we're like, oh my God, what the heck? And, like, we and, love this, but like, what the hell? Yeah. 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 And yeah, I mean, because, you know, you, you get into that sport hoping and dreaming to win the Stanley Cup. And there it is, is, you know, I, I walk away and, you know, I, I decided not to, you know, kind of hang on or do anything. I just made a clean cut. So that was it. And, and I walked away and, and it was it was tough, and you know, I mean, I didn't I didn't want to go to the parades. I didn't want to go to any of the parties, the celebrations. I just kind of like it was a not a bad time for me, but it wasn't like the greatest time. Like right. I was happy for the players, but I was like, you know, it, it was it was a, a tough tough sled for about three weeks. Going, dang on it, you know. <laughs> but but I'm over it now. I'm yeah. over it. You know. A lot, lot of mental therapy and some bottles of wine. I threw it. Yeah. <laughs> bottles just, of wine, especially. Yeah. I was going to say the bottles yeah. of wine, I'm sure, for 100%. Um, especially if it did Joe B, if it's a Joe B bottle of red for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So we're, we're talking about playoffs now. We'll just kind of uh, get get into that. Um, and you, we spoke beforehand how NHL players are just a completely different breed. Uh, what were the, 
the kind of the craziest injuries that you've seen someone play through like during the playoffs or even just over the, the course of a season? You, you know what? Like the guys, it's, it's a different breed. I mean, you know, we had a guy that, that, you know, ended up getting a tip fib fracture. So a lower leg fracture. And I remember I got out to him. I'm like, Oh man, you, you know, you broke your lower leg, but let's get the stretcher. He's like, no, no, don't get the stretcher. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll skate off. I don't want people people to see me on a stretcher. I can't do that. And then the guy gets up and skates off on the broken leg. Like, it, it's it's crazy. And, and and that's regular season toughness is just is absolutely nuts. And it was funny because talking to the NBA guys in the G League bubble, they were like, you know, well, yeah, but how come the guys play and stuff like that? I said, you know, it's kind of different because in the NHL, you get, if you're tough and you're playing through stuff, you actually get rewarded for amount of games you play. And they're like, how come? I'm like, well, because if you really think about it, you know, if you're going to pay a player $3 million and if he only plays 60 games a year because he's hurt those other games, you got to fill that spot with some, some more salary. Right? right. So the more games the guys play, the, the better they get rewarded. You know, right. the guys that play 82 games should be, be played more and they are. So, I mean, you know, guys playing with fractures is just a, you know, I mean, guys would break their hands and just keep playing. Like, you know, it right. wasn't a question, you know, guys getting their jaws wired shut and we cut the wires off so they could play the game and then as soon as they get off done with the game back to the to the to the orthodontist to get the wires put back on and they're drinking liquids for the next couple games and we cut them off right before the game they play put them right back on that that stuff's like commonplace for hockey yeah you know what i mean like it's not even a question yeah like you you hear about the uh patrice bergeron like a couple years back like he playing through a punctured lung and like a torn labrum it's like what the hell are you doing on the ice still man like that's crazy yeah yeah but you know what they they they, it's funny it's just just uh, like it's not you know us as a medical staff or training staff is not saying hey you can play it's it's the guy coming to you saying hey what do you think and you're like okay here's what the risks are but you can it's 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 okay you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna if you have a fractured toe you know because you blocked a shot no matter what it's still going to be fractured at the end of the game right right (laughs) you know you you're not going to do any damage to it Mm -hmm. so you have to kind of mitigate that risk but you really got to you're, you're holding back guys versus pushing guys, yeah. you know, and, and I've worked in other sports and, uh, you know, and you're kind of like pushing guys to, Hey, you're okay. Hockey players are different. It's more like, okay, you, you, you need to back off here. You need to not skate, you know, <laughs> this or that, you know what I mean? Like guys are crazy, you know, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. They're just, but, but it's experience that you got to remember too, right? Injuries only, you can only play through injuries if you have the experience to do it, okay? If it's your first injury, you don't know how to do it. But most hockey players, once they meet the NHL, guess what? They've been hurt a couple of times. So it makes it easier for them. 
where as in basketball players, some of them go their whole career without a major injury. Yeah. Well, there's not too many NHL guys that haven't had a major injury. They kept right. them out for a while. But if you look at the NBA or Major League Baseball and stuff like that, th- th- those guys don't have the amount of injuries that the hockey players do. So there's no experience to how to play through injuries. All right. No kidding. So um, speaking of playing through injuries, just how bad was Ovechkin's injury when Kadri caught him in the thigh? Because the bruise looked really not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have treatment, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they tend to take a lot of abuse. So, you know, Ovi's got such a big thigh and stuff like that. The kids, the, the kids like superhuman, you know what I mean? The, I mean, the, the his legs are or as big as Yammer Yagers. They're just so muscular and stuff like that. And and as powerful as they are, there's so much blood flow down there and stuff like that. You get, you get hit and you get a pretty good bruise out of it for yeah. sure. I was in like section like 105, maybe the, the, the one right behind where the caps shoot twice in that game. And I saw it happen. I was like, did we just lose him for the playoffs? Like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it wasn't right. as bad as uh, remember Dennis Weidman. Yeah. Which one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he had a thigh injury that mm-hmm. we ended up, he, he had what's called a compartmental syndrome. We had to take him to the OR right after the game and open him up. And we kept him, kept his thigh wide open for, I guess it was almost five, six days just to let the mm-hmm. pressure out because he, he popped a, a, a vessel and it just started bleeding in his thigh. That was a, that was a nasty one. He was, he was lucky to come back and play. Uh, speaking of Ovi being superhuman, are you, did you like okay him drinking Dr Pepper and Coke on the bench or no? Uh, yeah, that that was a, you know what, like that was a, a tough thing throughout. But but I'll I'll tell you the honest truth. So when he first started getting there, he used to have it with no ice, right? So it was pure Coke. Can't okay. flatten it. Yeah, he's got to get the so, carbonations. So, so then what I did was, as and this was out of he came in like 2005. By 2007, 2008, it was like a quarter of ice. By the time I left in 17, it was mostly ice. So by the time he got to drinking it during the third period, he's drinking drinking more water than Coke. So yeah, but that's even but more it, disgusting. Almost. Yeah, it's, that's his watered down Coke. Yeah, he doesn't drink coffee, right? So when I first started in the league, like we would go through five, six pints, you know, pots of coffee. You know what I mean? And we're not talking Starbucks brand. We're talking, you know, Folgers. Like it yeah. was like mud. Right? It was terrible. Okay, and guys used to drink it just to stay awake. You know what I mean? And get a little bit amped up for the game. Well, Ovi never was a coffee drinker, so he drank soda for the caffeine. So then they invented this nice thing called Red Bull. And then he, he tried that for a long time. And he was on, on, on the Red Bull kick for a while. So, oh boy. you know, he, he definitely love, loves his caffeine. But, you know, you, you, you got to remember, and, um, it, you know, when you're coming from Russia and stuff like that, that Coca-Cola is like a normal place. Yeah. Like, that, that's, like a, that's like a premium beverage over there, you know? Yeah. We're like we're uh, lucky it's not vodka on the bench. Is that is that, that that's where you're getting at? <laughs> Red Bull vodka. No, no, no. He's 
he's not he's not a hard alcohol guy you know what i mean like he doesn't mm -hmm. he doesn't really drink that much so you know that that's the beauty about it but he always nice. reminds me that that russia and didn't change the law for beer until i think it was 2011 they changed it mm -hmm. but any beer was considered like a soft drink in russia until oh, okay. 2011 so he said he says that us americans we're, we're weak when it comes to that stuff like we're we're soft yeah that makes sense i mean they're drinking beers at eight years old it sounds like so <laughs> yeah yeah but but it was funny because when Ovi first got there he got a cut during one of his first games and he turns to me and he goes do you have any waka i said what he says you got waka i said what he goes you know drink waka i said vodka he goes yeah i said oh we, we don't have any vodka on the bench like we're playing an nhl game he goes no 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 and he shows me his cuts bleeding i said no no we use peroxide here he goes oh vodka is so better like it kills everything <laughs> i'm like oh god oh, oh boy. Yeah. what do we get ourselves into here yeah yeah That's i was a... like oh my god he's a first rounder he's drinking on the bench we're in trouble <laughs> first overall shit so yeah. <laughs> Um, so 2017, uh, you get invited to the all-star game, represent the Metro team with, uh, Ovi and Holtz. Uh, you snapped a ton of picks there. And also just tell us what, uh, about that weekend, how fun that was. And uh, hopefully you didn't really have to work in terms of tending to any injuries that weekend, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah, I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> it was awesome. No, it was, you know, it was cool. So, um, so the way it works for the trainers is, we're on a, like a system when we could, uh, you know, it's by seniority. So I actually got the all-star game in 2005, but my, uh, my daughter was just born. So I didn't think it was the right time for me to actually be an all-star game. So I passed. So I never thought that it would come back to me, but it just worked out perfectly because it was my last year anyways. And I didn't tell the team I was leaving. And the NHL sure as hell didn't know I was leaving because I didn't tell anybody that, you know, I knew 2000 going into that season that that was going to be probably my last season. So um, it, it was a great experience. I mean, and I'll tell you this story. So uh, Sid, the kid walks into the dressing room and drops his bag and I'm in the back of the dressing room in uh, LA and he, he drops his bag and walks right over to me and he goes, Hey, Smitty, how you doing? I'm Sidney Crosby. I'm like, Sid, I know who you are. He's like, <laughs> Obviously. He's like, wow. He goes, I've seen you on the bench for so many years, and I just wanted to introduce myself and, and stuff like that. I said, yeah, that, that, that's great. I said, but you know I'm supposed to not like you. He goes, I know, but give me the weekend. Give me the weekend, and let's see if we change your mind. I was like, all right, all right. That, that's cool. And I tell you right now, we, he, I hate it, you know, I, I hate him on the, you know, the ice, but man, was he, was he awesome to work for during the all-star game? What a great kid. What a pro. So yeah. it, it was, it, it was a good experience. And then I, I think it all topped it off because uh, uh, Gretz ended up being our coach because uh, our coach was supposed to be um, Tortorella and something happened and he couldn't come out to the all-star game. So uh, they, had, they had to pull somebody, quote, unquote, out of the crowd. So they yeah. pulled Paul Coffey. And, 
Brad's out. I'll just some random people out of the crowd. <laughs> oh, look who won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it was it was pretty good. Yeah. It was so funny because uh, you know, uh so Ovi and he, they paired him up with Ovi and Sid played a couple shifts together. And uh Ovi was kind of just doing his thing and skating all over the place and stuff like that. And 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 uh Sid comes back to the bench and goes, Smitty, like, what is Ovi doing? Like he just he's just out there, like, like he's just going. I said, you know what? I know. You, don't talk to me, talk to Nicholas Backstrom. They'll tell you. He goes, Yeah, like I want to give him the puck, but I don't know where he's at. Like, I think he's gonna be here and he's over there, and then I think he's gonna be over there and he's behind me. And I said, Yeah, yeah, that's the way it works. And and Wayne goes. Wayne hears the conversation. He comes over. He goes, Smitty, like you got to talk to him. I said, Listen, guys, I'm just here to work the game. I'm just a trainer. Like this is the way it works. <laughs> and I've got a bottle of wine in the locker yeah, room. I have walk on, on the bench <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm doing X's and O's yeah. here, guys. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. We ended up winning. So the the, the whole tournament, which is right. which is kind of funny, but it was it was it was interesting because like. At first, you like kind of go in there, and it was like really wasn't competitive. And then after the first game, where like guys started like buckling down a little bit, and was like, "No, no, win we're the money, win this yeah." Like, and then, and then, I mean, guys were by the time we got the third game, guys were blocking shots, and guys were, you know what I mean, like yeah. really working hard. Like it, it was a good, good little thing. I mean. But at first, everybody's like, oh, we're just going to have fun. They're like, no, we could win this thing. Like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, I think that was yeah, the whole so goal. Was awesome. of, that was the whole goal of it, right? To, to, I think, was that what was that the first year that they switched the whole it's thing? Like a, whereas, and then you get a million bucks if you're the winning team. And Yeah, yep. just because, just yep. I mean, you used to see the All-Star games. It would be like 16 to 14 at the end of it. It's like, what are, what are we doing here, guys? There's no defense being played. And I'm sure the goalies hated it, so they switched it up a little well, bit. Well, the, the goalies hated it because, hey. I mean, they're they're way too competitive when it comes to that stuff and then when guys don't play defense and you know they get a little tic-tac-toe on the back door they're they're trying to break sticks and you know what i mean that yeah work out. is so, giving the what for and everything yeah. like that oh yeah so uh but no, similar, it, was, it was a fun time yeah uh kind of similar to that you travel with the team uh all throughout the season so a few questions here what was your favorite city to visit and what were some of the crazier fun stories that really stuck out to you for uh for being on the road with the team oh like like pg stories oh you do whatever you want man we, we do whatever because man there's the only the only one we kept pg was brendan Dillon last week but that's because he had to keep it pg but yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no i tell you what it was um you know some of the like the the canadian cities are awesome because you know people know hockey a little bit better a little bit more educated and and stuff like that i mean so it, it was a you know it, it was nice but i mean you know chicago is always a great place to go and i don't care what time it was i mean one year we ended up um saint patty's day in in uh chicago and it was when dale hunter was our coach oh, and we had a day in chicago on saint patrick's day and you know, you walk out, the river's green. There's there's you know bagpipes playing up and down the street. It was it was, what a fun time. But you know, like 
Vancouver is always a beautiful place to be. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the old arenas, you know, yeah. like, like I like the, the, the old Boston garden, you know what I mean? And, yep. and I like the, the, the Montreal forum and, you know, I, I, I mean, those places were, were really great. Uh, you know, one of the things that I tell you right now, no place on earth that I think is colder in the league than Winnipeg. I mean, yeah. when you get out of a cab and it's minus 40, not really the greatest place to be. Like, just <laughs> you know, check off the list. You, you know what I mean? You're yeah. just not, it's not there. You know what I mean? It, you just don't like it, but there was definitely some uh you know fun cities i mean you know one year it was awesome back here it snowed i think it was like three and a half feet it ended up one of those northeasters or whatever that snowed here and we ended up getting snowed in in uh tampa bay of all oh, places not a bad place to be so, snowed in it huh yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it, it was actually um I mean, I could probably tell you, it was the year that they won the Cup, so I think it was 2007, maybe. Tortorelli was the coach, and and uh, it was funny because Ron, I think Ron Wilson was our coach at the time, maybe, and uh, we ended up getting snowed in there for five days. So, like, our, they were like, well, we're not going to be able to get ice or whatever. So, long story short, John Tortorelli and I met each other in the minor leagues. He was the coach of the Rochester Americans when I was in Baltimore. And the first time we pulled up to the Rochester War Memorial, um, this guy needs us. And he's like, hey, do you know where to go? We're like, no, you know, first time here. He's like, oh, let me show you. Let me help you unload the bus. He helped us hang up all the gear and all that other stuff. So the next night, you know, this is the night before the game. And so the next night we're going to the bench. And the guy that helped us out happened to be the coach, John Tortorelli. But I didn't know who he was, you know what I mean? And he yeah. helped us pack the bus. So after the game, I was like, hey, coach, you know, you, I didn't know you were the coach. I thought you were the locker room guy helping us unpack, you know, because they were supposed to have somebody meet us there to get us into the room. And him and I have been friends and stuff like that. So we get snowed in at Tampa. So Ron's all, Ron Wilson's all upset and this and that. I'm like, Ron. I'll go take care of it. He goes, well, the, the team service guy said there's no ice or whatever. So I go down and I march right into Torts' office. And I was like, John, listen, here's the deal. You guys don't want to give us ice. The only ones you're going to really screw is the equipment staff and medical staff because we're going to have to move the gear 30 minutes away to some little practice rank and move it back and stuff like that. Could you help us out? He goes, well, what do you want? I said, how about a 930 practice every day? until we can get out of here he's like okay sounds good so he moved his schedule so we're on the ice practice at 9 30 got off the ice at 10 30 i had fishing boats leaving at 11 30 <laughs> and we go fish all day nice that's i sick. come back i come back my wife three kids trapped in the house you know living off of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches snow all the way up i'm sunburned peeling <laughs> <laughs> not a good time to be in the Smith household. Not a good time. <laughs> yeah, you, you were in the doghouse then, huh? They were like, what? Yeah, yeah. You're like, getting a nice tan like, out here? Yeah, I, but I was trapped. I was snowed yeah. in. It just happened to be in Tampa Bay. I mean, what <laughs> was I supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. You know? Just sit there and not enjoy it. Like, what? Right. Yeah. It was funny because 
The other day I talked to our old massage guy, uh, Curtie Millar, and he called me and, and uh, his daughter is now the massage therapist for the Washington Wizards. And I said, oh, well, how's Jenny liking? She's like, yeah, you know, she, she loves it. I was like, what part does she like? She goes, he goes, I kept on telling her for all those years I worked in the league, how nice the hotels were. And now she's staying at the, the, at the, uh, at the Ritz Carlton in, uh, in New York city. And, and she's just like in awe of how nice the hotels are. And that's why I always tell people, I'm like, I went from, you know, traveling with the minor league teams where you're staying at the, you know, a nice hotel was the best Western. Yeah, then you Motel Six, the Four Seasons, and the Ritz Carlton's, and, and, Omnis and, and, and yeah, yeah, the <laughs> the upper echelons of the hotels. And now I'm back down to the Holiday Inn. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, full circle, full yeah. circle. So, uh, speaking of the uh, athletes having good relationships with the uh, trainers, I was just wondering, you always hear players and former players talk about how get, they're so close with the trainers in the room. Were there any players that you in particular had a really good relationship beyond the trainer's room? Uh, yeah. So, so I, it, it's so funny. Like, so, so, I mean, I talk to players all the time and stuff like that and some more than others and, and you know how it is. It's kind of like one of those things like you don't want to be too friendly with them because you still got a job to do and you're still on the other side. But it's over a period of time that we always, you know, the friendships still stay around and still still fester and people still talk to you and stuff like that. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, like I said, I'm really close to with Paul Carrillo. We talk all the time now as it is it's still kind of funny because i mean i you know mike mike green just moved back into the dc yeah. area and him and i were all really tight and stuff like that and you know jason chimera you know Chimmer, and I were texting yeah. back and forth a couple couple uh weeks ago and you know even some of the former players you know i talked to tom wilson uh last last week and you know he he was texting with me about some you other trying to stuff. send you some 43 burger you know what that's what the topic was <laughs> about the 43 burger. I, I said you know and he he was telling me all about it and how the charity and stuff and he's like well you, you gotta get some and you know what i mean i'm like yeah 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 so we were just chatting back and forth but and uh you know so it's always nice because you know when i went to work and stuff like that it's it's kind of funny because you know, I have two older boys, you know, one's 21 now and one's 18. My 18-year-old plays hockey and stuff like that. And and um, it's kind of funny because I never treated the, the athletes like anybody but somebody I work with, right? So yeah. it was always like, you know, oh, this guy or that guy. And it was funny because it took my kids a long, long time. You know, it wasn't until really to like 15 or 16 years old to realize like that I work with guys that people of their friends were like jealous of, right? right. They're like, you know, cause you know, like, like give you an example, like I, and I don't know why, but Obi's dad loves my daughter, right? Like, <laughs> and my, my daughter uh, was born with no ears. So she's deaf, you know? So it's, it's just funny. So so he'll speak to her in Russian and she can't hear anything anyways at the time. 
and she would just read his lip, you know, like watch his lips go. And they just had a special relationship. And, and, and but it's funny because, you know, like, uh, you know, the relationship you build is, is over time because you're always there helping them out and they have to rely on you. But, but it's more after they retire that the relationship actually blossoms a little bit because mm-hmm. when you're kind of into it, it's hard for them you know, because they're being pulled in 5,000 different directions. But then when they retire, it's like they, they, they go, wait a minute, man, I was, I really miss Smitty and I really miss hanging out with them yeah. and talking to them. And, stuff. and so like, you know, Mike Green just got back in the town, you know, he just recently retired. He sent me a text. He's like, we got to get together. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trapped in the, the, the G league bubble. But once I get back and kind of get my feet back underneath me i'll you know come down to dc and have a coffee or hang out or something like that with you so it's always nice to to, to see guys and you know playing nhl hockey is, is is a tough sport and it's really tough but it's it's tougher when it's all over and you you gotta just be a normal guy you know yeah. so yeah I, that, that's something you know i always i treated them normal when they were superstars and I can treat them normal when they're just regular guys. All right. Love it. Yeah, that that's awesome. So last question for me here. This is kind of where you get the chance to kind of poke fun at a guy here. So obviously you get to the NHL, you have all the amenities. You got, like you talked about the massage therapist, anything. Who were maybe a couple guys that really took advantage of that? Maybe like, oh, look at so-and-so here for another massage. Maybe it's 10th day in a row he's got to get a massage for whatever happens to be quote-unquote aching him today. Were there any guys like that? that kind of would take advantage of the, <laughs> the situation they had there? So, so it's, it, it's kind of funny. So, so Dale Hunter, when he was a player, he, he, he would get on guys for being what he called HM, high maintenance, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so like, I mean, there, there were some guys that would just, you know, work the system that were, were really kind of, too big for their shoes you know kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh and so dale hunter you know was i'll tell you a quick story about him you know he was kind of low that's kind of guy but they you know all the guys joey juno and when he got traded in and you know joey and adam oates you know had all these designer suits and they mm-hmm. they they played the part and all this other stuff and dale hunter had one sport coat his whole career same sport coat so one time he walked into the dressing room and the guys were giving him and they used to call it a horse blanket right because it looked like it was like one of those old checkered kind of sport coat looked like like a burlap sack like it looked like a horse blanket so they would make fun of him and stuff like that so dale hunter took joey juno he had a it was brand new company did which is now old now old school but hugo boss you know what Uh i mean uh We walked into his into the locker room, cut out the Hugo Boss label out of Joey's suit, sewed it in, had it, took it home, had his mother-in-law sew it into his horse blanket. And so the next time when they gave him crap, he's like, no, 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 look, Hugo Boss. But 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 there were there was there, there was guys that would, you know, it's like everything, you know, 
your top end guys always are the superstars. You know, there's a pecking order like everything in the world. So the superstars get a little bit more table time and, and all this other stuff. But if you get too much table time, man, I don't care who you are. The guys are going to come after you and yep. do it. I mean, you know, my, my, it was funny because my, the biggest guy for me was Yamir Yager when he got traded to us oh. from Pittsburgh. Like, holy moly. He'd have me rub his legs in between periods and do all this <laughs> other stuff. It was ridiculous. You know, that doesn't shock me at all, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so Yags and I, let's say we didn't get along too well, okay? And we would have might have battled a couple times, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like one time he left the ice and he comes into the locker room and he's I'm like, yeah, what, what's the matter now? Like, what, what's going on now? He's like, my channels are blocked. So at this point, I had kind of enough, and I was at my breaking point. So I picked up the television remote that was in the in the training room at the time, and I fucking chucked – oh, sorry. I oh, you're, good. you're welcome to say it. Oh, you fucking good. chucked it, baby. So, so, so I chucked it at his head, and I go – you better fucking change that fucking channel. Get the fuck back on the ice. <laughs> so, so him and I battled a, a, a lot. So it was funny as all get out. So he goes away. He goes to the cage. Uh, if you guys remember, he got. We finally got rid of him. He goes to New York, and we're like, oh, thank God, right? <laughs> and and you know, we had to eat like half of his salary too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Then, so then he ends up going to the cage, and then he gets signed by philly mm -hmm. first night back with philly we were at the at, you know whatever it's called now cap one arena or mm -hmm. the mci or verizon the, the phone booth yeah. baby we just keep it simple yeah. phone booth yeah, yeah so so it was funny because so after the game the locker room guy that takes care of the visiting team comes in and goes hey uh Yodge is outside looking for you i was like what He's like, yeah, yeah, Yammer's out there looking for you. I'm like, holy shit. I was like, should I go out there? Should I not go out there? Maybe he wants to fight me. I don't know. Yeah. Taking the gloss off here. I was like, hey, yeah, what's up? He's like, you got a minute? I was like, yeah. He's like, and he goes, can you walk me to the bus? I'm like, sure. So we started walking. He's like, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I said, okay. I'm like, okay, where's this going? Like, I don't know what's happening here. You know, it's like, I'm like looking around for that hidden camera. I'm like, somebody's taping this or something. Like, this is a joke. Yeah. Right. He's like, he's like, listen, I, I just want to apologize. Like, you know, I know I was here, I was going through a tough time and, and I know you're trying to look out for me, but I just want to let you know, I've, I've changed and I really appreciate what you've done and, and, and what you're trying to do for me. And I should have listened and stuff like that. I just want to say, I'm sorry. And then he gives me a big hug and, and I'm like, and I was like, okay, sounds good. And I, I walked back and I started walking back to the locker room. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, what? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, like, like what is going on? So it was funny. But, and then after fuck. that day, like he played on a couple teams and, you know, he played down in Florida and yeah. he'd always say, Hey, you know, he skated by the bench. Hey, Smitty, what's up? I'm like, Hey, Yags, what's going on? How you doing? Good? Skates uh, by and you just have some in your hand just in case you yeah. need something out of <laughs> just ready to go. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird. It was like, I was That's like, because yeah. I mean, this I've ever met in my life. Like, it was crazy. 
Yeah, I think I mean, your 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 um memories with him, I think, is what kind of everybody felt during his time in DC here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it, you know, as we used to, you know, kind of joke in the locker room. He he killed us when he was a penguin, and he's killing us now. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's what we, that's what we said. That's what we said too. The worst part was is like he didn't even have that bad of a season with us. I think he scored like seventy six points or something like that. But oh yeah. It oh, just yeah. wasn't good enough for us, but <laughs> no. And then, and then we were, I don't know if you guys remember, but we were, we were uh, up like two games to three or something like that against Tampa Bay. And we were out, we had a mm-hmm. team meal night before the game, him and Robert Lang were out there and they're, you know, we're like, all right, guys, we got to keep going. We got to, we got to get this done and stuff like that. Robert Lang and, and, and Yags were like, yeah, we're not going to win this series. We're like, where the hell we're not we're up we're, we're gonna crush them like we're, we're already thinking about the next series and then we lost four games straight that was it oh, like jesus yep yeah. all right and then and they then left they, to go to the world champions and you know what i mean and i was like okay now i see how this works jesus. yep yep now i see how this works That's ben, last one Yep. So final question here. Speaking of guys with tree trunks legs uh, i ask everybody what's your best ovechkin story that you have from your time with them Oh God! I mean that There's vodka so one was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, you know what? Um, I guess I guess the the funniest best one was. So we were we were in um, we had a day off in Florida, okay, and and Ovi and a couple of the Russians decided to go to the beach and uh hang out at the beach so it, it, and the sad part about it is uh, i would love to share this for you but i'd be in a lot of trouble but i still have the f- picture of my on my phone because it was hilarious so i'm out I, i'm i'm out to lunch w- with the equipment guys and my phone starts you guys start calling me they're like you got to get down here i was like what like you got to get down here i was like all right what's going on he's like Ovi's on the beach I'm like okay they're like I'm like well what's going on they're like just come down I'm like all right so pay my bill go down to the beach Ovi's on the beach in a banana hammock okay one of those little tiny little speedos okay but his speedo is the American flag (laughs) (laughs) so I have I have the picture of this you know what I mean and I like Ovi, like you're Russian, an American flag, you know, banana hammock here. Like, what are you doing? He's like, what a country. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's just uh, funny. He's, but you know what? Like, I'm telling you right now, he's the funniest, most upbeat kid ever. Like, yeah. just, he's just funny. He acts the same way as now as he did when he was 18. I mean, you see it in the Instagram posts. I mean, hell, today he was literally in the Capitals Instagram post today. He's making fun of Tom Wilson's hamburgers in the pregame locker room before they go out on the ice. It's just like oh yeah, fooling around. Oh, yeah. But that's how he is. I mean, that's, you know, he, he you know, I always tell people there's nobody that I've ever worked with that loves to play the game more than him. Practice? Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. He's like Alan Iverson. What are you talking about? Practice. But when it comes 
the games, he loves to play the games. Just loves it. it. So it makes him so the greatest goal scorer of all time. Yeah. 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 He, he definitely, he definitely loves playing the game, but Ovi is a great kid. I, I tell everybody asks me, they're like, how was it working with Ovi? And I tell them the same story. I, and I mean this. So Ovi's first day there, he comes into my, uh, to the training room and goes, what do I need to do? I said, Ovi, you got to take the physical, you got to take it around to the stations and get your physicals, get the doctors to sign off on your physicals. He goes, no, no. What do I, what do I got to do to make it in the NHL? I said, okay, come here. So I take him into Sluggo, Doug Shear, the equipment manager at the time. I take him into his office. I said, you see Doug? And he goes, uh, and he goes, yeah. I said, he's the equipment manager. He's here to help you. And I'm here to help you. I said, oh yeah, we'll give you whatever you want. Just say please and thank you. And if we ever ask you to sign something, just, just, just do, me, do us a favor. Just understand that we got a lot to deal with and just sign it for us and don't argue with us. Okay. To the day I retired, he used to sit in front of me on the bench all the time. To that day I retired, there wasn't a time where he turned around and go, whether, you know, Smitty, can I have a towel, please? I'm like, yep, here you go. And hand him a towel and he'd hand it back to me. Or Smitty, can you, uh, can you give me a roll of tape? Yep. Nope. Every time, please. Thank you. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you give them, you know, your, your, you know, massage your shoulder. Thanks, babe. Appreciate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All the time. You know what I mean? Like, never once was it, you know, like, you know, demanding or, you know what I mean? I was always, you know, even though, like, now he's mad at me because he always, you know, whenever he, him and I text back and forth, he's always like, babe, why are you not coming around anymore? Like, you know, you're, you're a family. You just come. And I'm like, like Hobie, I understand, but you know, like there's somebody else doing my job, and I don't want to, you know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. make him feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you go, babe, come, come see us. Like you know, we just hang out. Like just come. <laughs> so it's funny. Like I actually went to a game. Like my second year that I retired, I went to a game, and I don't know how he saw me because I was like 20 rows up. I get a text after the first period. Hey, Ovi saw you in the uh, up in the stands. You better come down after the game. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't planning on. There's like, and then they, you know, I text back, I'm not planning on. And then like two seconds later, you know, he texts me back. He's like, you know, then Ovi texts me from his phone. He's like, babe, you coming down? <laughs> so I ended up going down after after the scam, but you know what I mean. That that, that that's yeah. how he is. He, he remembers that stuff. That's awesome. Love it. Well, Smitty, we greatly appreciate you coming on, man. This was awesome. Everybody, I think everybody's gonna love it tomorrow when it comes out. But glad to see you. Glad to see you're still around. Glad to see you. I mean, obviously, like you said, you're working with NBA players now compared to hockey players. It's a little bit of a different atmosphere for you. But glad to know everything's going well. And like we said, I greatly appreciate the time and the stories. No, no problem. No problem. Good luck with everything. And uh, like I said, you know, I I enjoyed my time there. I could tell you a thousand more stories, but you know, a lot of them will get me in trouble. Yeah, I was exactly. say, we're a hundred percent going to have to have you on for a part two. Or just, or yeah, just, well, yeah, some 45 minutes of stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we should do is we should uh, have me on with a couple, like we'll get the, like Jason Chimera or somebody else to do it with me. And that, that way we could do it together. Oh, oh yeah. Love I would that. love that. I would love that for sure. Down for that. <laughs> All righty. Well, Smitty, have a great one. <laughs>